Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Recorded live. Inside the SFL, episode 7, or is it IFL? I don't know where we're at right now, just because of the simple fact the talk that seems to be going back and forth between both is just insane. But anyway, we'll get into that later, or another time, not sure what, because here on Inside the IFL, we'll be discussing the draft, and getting into all things that we need to discuss as far as the big board, draft day, draft deadline, all things draft. And uh, you can catch everything we're discussing on the IFL at www.iflzone.weebly.com. You can also catch us on IFL Zone on Twitter and also join our uh, team channel, our league channel, whatever you want to refer to it, on Facebook. Just look us up. You'll find us. And as always, I'm joined by Mr. Edward. What's up? Uh, you weren't quite on the air when I got on. I said, welcome to Inside the SFL. And I said, where IFL? Which is it? We seem to be talking too much shit on each other back and forth anymore. I don't seem to ever know where I am. And then I said, it'll True. Later for another time. But uh, fun with that one. But uh, back to the matter at hand. The... Player application deadline is tonight at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which means that since we are now currently live on the air this afternoon, people have less than 12 hours to get involved in the league. And if we can get two more applications in before the end of the evening, we will have enough talent on our big board for an official seven-round draft. Sweet. Two, two more applications, ladies and gentlemen. Two more applications, and we will have a seven-round draft. And before anyone who wants to hate, wants to hate, I will make this statement. Yes, the IFL is allowing towns to have more than one player. But if you go look at the big board, and you go look at our Slack, you will see that the Slack has 41 members. Take myself yourself, and everyone that's involved, we have 41 guys total, and 54, 54, now, also understand this, some people have become coaches, and they're not part of the big board, so when you break it all down, not even half our talents have decided to carry two players, it's less than half, that's how many individual members we have involved in this draft. It's not like we have 27 people and there's 54 players. Not even close. So that's the thing that made me smile when I sat there and thought about it, because even I was curious just how many individual people we have. So it's it's going to be an exciting, exciting night, to say the least. 
uh, this upcoming Sunday when we get into the draft. And uh, speaking, I, I I agree. It's going to be exciting. I just don't hope. I hope it's not a long one. I don't know if I can handle a long one. Right. Well, that's why I will say this to all the owners out there. <laughs> have your draft boards ready. Have your backup draft board ready. Have extra draft boards ready. And also have every name in a hat and just start pulling. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> because the fact uh-huh. is, it could take forever. Now, I will tell you, in my discussions with such owners as Stevie T. Diggs, who I talk to regularly, uh, my baby brother, uh, even Jack Diamond has been messaging me a lot, which I haven't talked to him too much until here. I mean, we had conversations over in the SFL, but not like it now. I mean, he's really excited. Uh, nice. I believe Allen's on the ball with what he's got planned. Uh, I know Mr. Davis had a, has a blueprint. Uh, and I'm assuming the coaches, that are, or the owners I really haven't spoke to will have their blueprints. But that being said, I really think guys are going to know what they're doing and how they're going to do it early in the draft. I think when we get later in the draft, I'm talking like maybe rounds five, six, guys aren't quite sure how they're going to draft because there's going to be positions on the board that they might get stuck having to take they didn't plan on taking. And that's where it can screw up your entire draft, which could make things interesting. Because remember, and that's something we'll discuss here again, everybody on the draft board will be drafted and teams have the right to forfeit a pick because they don't want to take a position they don't want on their team. But if every other owner thereafter also forfeits and it comes back to you, you now have no other option but to make that selection. So that's going to make it interesting. And speaking of the draft, we'll go through the draft order. Uh, the Boston Liberty will start us off with the first pick, followed by the Baltimore Bulls, then the Arizona Outlaws, the Tokyo Kitsune, the Carolina Pack is picking fifth at sixth, the Philadelphia Flight. The seventh pick belongs to the New York Cobras, and the eighth pick is the Tampa Bay Stallions. And I'm clueless as to where anyone's going. I've been trying my best trying to figure out where exactly Boston may go. And anybody's guess may be better than mine, or as good as mine, as the old saying goes, because, I mean, you go look at their team. And we discussed this briefly on other shows, but now that we're actually getting into it, they only have a wide receiver in a corner. They don't have a, a coach yet, which could change. They could end up getting a coach before the draft. So with a wide receiver in a corner, anywhere's option. Anywhere. So who knows who it's going to be. And if you're a player out there and you've been talking to Davis, as in Bo Davis, I'm sure you have a good idea if you may or may not be the number one pick. But... I, I have no clue where it's going to be. I mean, you tell me, because, I mean, my honest opinion is he's going quarterback or running back. That's my guess. That's what I would think. Yeah, it's just, that's just my guess right now. And, like I said, I could be completely wrong in that, that, that thought. But, you know, so we will see. I mean, he has 54 people to pick from. <laughs> so mm-hmm. he, he's, he's got – the quote-unquote advantage, if you will, of having the number one pick and being able to go any route he wants, he might be able to find the perfect build option of any position and get that opportunity to take that particular player before anyone else. But he's also at a huge disadvantage because he's got to weed through all 54 people to make that pick. So by the time we get to the eighth pick, which belongs to uh, the Tampa Bay Stallions, which is Jack Diamond's team, 
they'll have seven names off the board already, and it's just seven names, but that's seven names that help narrow down who, where direction you're going to go. Sure does. And that could help him out and take some stress off him, you know. So it could be an advantage picking later. And he seemed to be up for the challenge when we had the discussion of possibly going snake draft style. He didn't want it, and he had the last pick. He would have figured if anybody on the board in this draft, he'd have wanted it more than any of them being the last pick. He was like, no, we want realism. Let's preach realism. So we preach realism. And we're going with realism because that's what we want, not because others do. Um, so draft board. Where would you like to start with this big draft board here? Because we have a lot of names to look at. Position. Well, I'm looking at it, so let's just start with the first position on the list, and that's quarterbacks. All right. When I look at these quarterbacks, I'll say this. We seem to have some average-sized builds. We have Mm -hmm. a big, big quarterback on there, and then we have two smaller-style quarterbacks. Um, Of all of them, I I can say for the most part, a lot of these quarterbacks – have very similar builds. Yes, indeed. I mean, we see uh, things like quick release on a lot of them, leaderships on a few, raised uh, rocket arms on a couple of them. Um, we do have a scrambler, you know, it's just like, hmm, got that speed burner out there on the one quarterback. Um, I don't know which way I would go. I think it would honestly depend on my team build, the direction I think I'm going to want to go with my team. <laughs> Uh, it, here's my thing that I'm going to mention, and that's going to be, let's mention Alex Dar and James Dubset. These guys are smaller quarterbacks. Dar is 6'1", 160, and James Dubset is 5'10", 185. Is that going to be an issue, being undersized? Your thoughts on that? I think it will be. Okay, reason. Because I think it's, even though this game is how many years old that we're using, I still think it still has a lot of the realism in there that real football does. And if you're not a bigger quarterback, guys that are smaller seem to struggle. Yeah. Well, that's where King Cannon is the opposite. He's 6'5", 230. Yeah, he's a big boy. Is that going to be an issue? Is he too big? Could be. I don't know. I mean, there's some big quarterbacks in in the NFL now that are pretty good. So we have three quarterbacks on the board that are all six foot three. Three quarterbacks that are six three. Two of them are two hundred fifteen pounds. The other one's two hundred. So those three Mm -hmm. very similar builds, Um, and it's all going to come down as far as I'm concerned with those three. The abilities chosen to what right. best fits the team style. To who who's going to want which guy? Um, we hate to put anybody under a bus. We hate to put anybody on a pedestal. But of those six quarterbacks, size and abilities combined, which quarterback stands out to you the most? As oh, I would want him, and which one is the? I hope he doesn't fall in my lap. <laughs> well, since since I'm not an owner and I'm not an offensive guy, I have no problem answering that. <laughs> I'm, I'm a defensive guy. So, <laughs> But if I was drafting, uh, I really like the size. 
and the build of uh, Thomas Servo. 6'3", 215 pounds, so he's not too big, not, but he's not too light in size what, and his abilities that he has on him. There's quite a few there that I know personally will work. So, yeah. Okay. Now the back end of that question, which one would you would least want on your team and why? I, I'm personal, and this is just my personal preference, and it's the short guy. Jane, how do you say it? Du, Doucette? Five ten, hundred eighty five pounds is too small, in my opinion. And some of his abilities on there, I just have to shake my head and go, huh? But at the same time, I'm going to take that with a grain of salt because this guy may not know, you know, what abilities do work and don't work in The Sims and, you know, stuff like that. Because, you know, I've been talking to to Alan about this because we're going over stuff trying to do because he goes, oh, you can't use this. That sucks. And you can't that sucks. And I say the same thing. But I told him at the same time, these may be new guys to this game. You know, a couple of these guys may be new. You never know. And maybe some of these guys that were even over in the SFL, they made these still had no clue and nobody ever told them. So, you know, that's just something you got to take into consideration. But I just think that that five ten. Honestly, I think that's just too short for a quarterback. And just for the sake of simming football games and this hobby that we all love, I'm very hopeful that that particular player, because he's short and like the Alex Dart, he may be six one, but he's one hundred and sixty pounds. Yep, I'm kind of like. Yeah, I'm hopeful that these builds that they have on their heights and weights pan out. Because that could open up a whole new whatever. Oh yeah, I agree. Because if that works, that, work, that works out, then everybody's going to go, "Oh my God, we've been making all these huge quarterbacks all this time, and we could have done this." Next thing, next year's draft, there's going to be 600 quarterbacks. Going, hey, I want to be this size. <laughs> I mean, I've personally never seen it. There could be members that are in the IFL who've seen it and have an opinion on it already. I mean, I personally never have, and I just think it's going to be interesting. Just to see if they pan out. Uh, but to answer my question I asked you, I'll answer it myself. Um, I'm ignoring heights and weights, personally. I'm ignoring it just for the simple fact I don't know. But I know right. the con that could come with it. Right. Based on the builds themselves and what I've done, uh, knowing our league rules, I don't think I would put six abilities on a gold quarterback. This is assuming I go gold quarterback. I don't even know if I'd use five. So I'm just going to go with the four ability theory mm-hmm. and figure out what would be the four best abilities on each individual guy. Right. And for me, the guy that I would pick as my player, that would be my quarterback, would be the same one you picked, Thomas Servo. And that's because I'm I'm a big fan of pocket presence and quick release. Uh, the leadership's huge. Fourth quarter comeback is a good one. Clutch is nice. Uh, and we're throwing in stamina because we've been messing with the stamina slider. 
Now, if you are a guy who's going to put five, six abilities on your guy, having your quarterback never get tired could be important. Mm-hmm. Putting on him to begin with to where he doesn't seem to get tired at all might be big. I don't know. I'm still clueless <laughs> on a personal level what the stamina effects can and can't do. Right. I'm sure most of us will be because this might be the first time any of us have been involved in a league where stamina is legit going to be a, a factor. So I'm interested in how that goes. And speaking of the stamina, since that slider has been determined, again, if you've created a player in the draft, you may change any of your abilities as long as you get that in before the end of tonight because that's when applications are finalized. If you want to add stamina bonus to your player, just in case. Uh, as far as the player's build, I don't like. Um, the build itself, I, I, I can look at these and I'll just say like, Pass threat on Dar. I'm not a big fan of pass threat. Um, I, I don't like it. Uh, speed burner on a quarterback. You know, if you got him in the right system, that can be deadly. If he's not in the right system, to me, it's a waste. Uh, having rocket with laser arm. Hmm. Uh, I like the fact that James Dupset does have the secure ball bonus since he's a smaller guy. You figure with the theory you brought to the table, if it's legit, maybe he'd knock the ball out of his hands a little easier because he's weak and smaller and tinier, well, that helps. Um, tough as nails on a quarterback, I, I know is good. Quarterback evade, meh. You know, and Rocket Perez's uh, build, uh, he's also got the QB evade with the scrambler. Uh, I don't I don't think I've ever seen anyone use both of those at the same time on a quarterback. I'm curious how that would work, if it makes him a better out-of-the-pocket runner or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but actually picking a build that I least like, Hmm. At least, like, this is tough. Just by, by looking at because I can make a good quarterback out of all these guys. That's the problem. <laughs> so I'm picking the at least like might be unfair if I'm going with the four ability theory. So I'm going to plead the fifth on this one. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take Oh, no, no, no. That, no, 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 no. No, I'm no. The I no. have to. That does not work. Not in this one. Nope. <laughs> I you have to. Yep. Yep. You have to. I'm going with the four ability theory, you know, and I look at the, like I said, I'm looking at all four guys, and I can, as far as I'm concerned, I think I can make a pretty solid quarterback with all these players with, with using just four abilities. Uh, King Cannon, just because I don't like rocket arm and laser arm com- com- combo, and I'm going to pick him. Plus, I know him personally, and I want to tease him. <laughs> There you go. How about that? Cool. Oh, man. Uh, so where are we at now? Okay. We'll go into the running backs. That's what's next on the line. Uh, there's six running backs, just like the six quarterbacks. These will be the six teams. Six teams will be taking these quarter uh, running backs. Uh, and the same thing, I'm going to say this about the quarterbacks real quick. Uh, Arizona won't be taking a quarterback. They already have one in Mario Savage. Baltimore has their quarterback in TJ Speaks. Uh, the other teams will be the ones selecting quarterbacks because they're quarterbackless. Now, when it comes to the running backs, it's the same thing. We have six on the board because two teams have running backs, and they are the Baltimore Bulls with uh, Redfield Littlejohn. <laughs> that name still cracks me up. Uh, <laughs> and the Carolina Pack has Ernie Clapper. The other six teams need to select running backs. And their choices, you know, 
I mean, everybody can follow along by looking at the big board. Uh, but of these six running backs, uh, you got the father and son combination of myself and Marcus. You got Kareem Wilcox, Justin Beakley Jr., Herschel Mann, and Duncan Northrup. Uh, a lot of variations in sizes and heights. Mm-hmm. But my question to you is, we're, same thing. We're going to go with the same theory. Your favorite and your least favorite. Where would you go? Where, who would mm. be your pick? Mm. This is even tougher to me than... It is. I, I, wow. It really is. And one thing you'll notice with all these running backs, if you're following along with us, is that 90% of their abilities are equal to each other. I mean, let's just go look at speed burner. Uh, one, two, three, four, five. Five of the, the six five. running backs have it. Five of the six running backs have speed burner. Uh, quick feet. You see that on, uh, what, three or four of them here? Or maybe I'm nuts. Let's one, see two. one. I'm, actually, I'm only seeing two. it on two of them. Just two? Three of them. Three of them. Myself, Marcus, and who was the other one? Wilcox. Wilcox. Yeah. Uh, breakaway burst. You got that on one, two, three, four, five. That is on all six running backs. <laughs> uh, battering Ram is on myself. Uh, battering Ram's on another guy there, I believe. If I'm not mistaken. Maybe I'm mistaken. It's not on somebody. Uh, you? Marcus. Marcus, Duncan. So, so saying, when you really break it down, we get to sit here and go through all of these. But uh, a couple guys have the workhorse ability. So, pretty common builds. You know, there, yeah. Most, it, it's almost hard to pick which guy you would like the most because of this. Mm-hmm. And the sizes, let's look at it. The, our, our running backs go from 5'11 at the shortest, and the biggest guy is only 6'2". That's yep. almost nothing in difference. And the weights, they go from 220 to 245. That's it. That's in the same ballpark, if you ask me. Yeah, they're all they're all the same, almost. Right. Freaking nuts. I, I mean, I have a gut feeling based on these six on the board. That it's not going to come down to size. It's not going to come down to weight. It's not going to come down to the player's build. It's going to come down to team playbook. That's yep. who performs the most because I think these guys are all on the same freaking page. And I think that's no. great for the six owners and teams that need to, to draft a quarter. Uh, I'm sorry, running back. Exactly. So we might not even want to pick our best and our least best out of this. I, I, honestly, in this category, you can't. Because they're so, all of them are so similar. There's just no way. I mean, you can't. It's not like with the quarterbacks. You know, there were certain things that we know have been said that don't work, and this works, that works. But this, I mean, a lot of these all work. These abilities work in the sim world, and it's it's going to come down to the playbook for what the team, you know, whoever whoever draft these guys and what they're running. That's what it's going to come down to. I mean, of the six running backs, the two who might be the least different from everybody else would be Herschel Mann and Justin Beakley Jr. Just because Herschel Mann has a durability bonus. 
I think he's the only one who might have that, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, he's got finesse and power on his guy. Where Beakley, he's got ankle breaker finesse. He's got that secure ball bonus and the cutback ability. Uh, they're the most different builds from the rest, which makes them a little bit more different. And if that's exactly what a team owner is looking for, that clearly will put them to the top. And if it's not, put <clears throat> them at the bottom. So, of the six, it's those two that stand out the most to me as the most different. So it'll be very interesting, and I think it's pretty self-explanatory by looking at their builds, what direction the team could be going with as far as their running game. So it's almost a giveaway, but at the same time, it could be a smokescreen. You never know, because I think this, the, the coaches that we got can make any of these builds work precisely to what they're going for. So I guess we can pretty much leave the running backs alone now. We have no fullbacks on the board. No fullbacks on the board at all to be drafted, which honestly is not surprising. I didn't think we'd get many fullback applications. But if no one's paid attention, the Tampa Bay Stallions with Jack Diamond have Johnny Frost, a six foot three, two hundred and forty seven pound fullback already on the roster, created by Jack Diamond himself to go along with his corner named after himself. So do you think that some of these teams, since we can't really talk about fullback as an individual player, but do you think of our seven teams that don't have fullbacks, any of them could be interested in getting their hands on a fullback and are kind of upset there's none on the draft board right now? Possibility. Because we hear all the talks about fullbacks and how they can or can't work, and most people don't like them. But with 14 star players, is a fullback worth the investment this way? Why not? Why not give it a shot? Yeah. Well, put yourself. You could try it, and you could try it. I'm, I'm, I'm putting my already putting. I'm thinking, hey, why not try it? If it doesn't work this year, um, oh well. It's the first year of the league. Everybody's still getting used to everything. You know, put if it hurts, it hurts you know, shoes. whatever. You said try it, so I'll ask you this: Put yourself in the shoes of an owner, and say you tried it. What would you want your fullback to do? Would you want him to block to help out, you know, with the running game, the passing game? Would you want him to carry the ball? Would he be your receiving threat? How would you utilize a uh, fullback? Oh, he'd be a combination. Yeah, yeah I'm making – I'd have the ability uh, – I'd find what abilities I could use to have him be able to, you know, to be able to block and do it, but also have, be able to run and catch out of the, out of the backfield. Because who's – honestly – Who's gonna? A lot of teams won't expect that. They're like, "Oh, he's got a fullback. He's blocking. That's all he is." And then out of nowhere, he steps out and catches, and then he's gone. I mean, well, it can happen. Let's take a look at a fullback. A fullback can do three things in a game, and that is he can block, he can run, he can catch. So, does any of these teams get nuts and use a six-ability gold fullback and give him two abilities in each category? It's possible. I think no one does that. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I mean, do I think somebody would do it? Personally, no. Do I think it's possible? Oh hell yeah! Somebody might say, "Watch this." Mhm. Yeah, since we're on the discussion of fullbacks, I'm not going to sugarcoat it and deny it. Johnny Frost, the fullback with Tampa Bay, is the player in in the entire draft board, or is already on a team that has piqued my interest the absolute most. I wonder why that is. 
I don't know, cause maybe because that's because you, what you played? Because you played fullback? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe I'm a little biased and partial to it, but it, it, it has me interested into just what Tampa Bay will do with this fullback. Because of all the positions he could have picked offensively, why did he go fullback? Good question. I, I, I look at that and I ask myself, if he's going fullback, and this is going to be the case with any of these teams that might add a fullback later, because remember, they're only going to have seven rounds at this point. We're going to be short, what, three, four, five, six players, depending on the team. And then that's where the owners now have the right to fill in their rosters with creative players of their own that they won't own the rights to, but they'll be able to create them and have to sign mm-hmm. contracts and what have you. And we'll get into those rules in the playbook come next season when they need to be discussed. As of right now, it's an irrelevant conversation because we're not in that situation. But I think with this fullback being picked on his team, it's going to have an important part. Why not create your quarterback? Why not create your running back even? He goes fullback. Could this be the first time we see the team try to revolve its running game around its fullback? He's got all kinds of options. I'm just so so curious. It's not even funny. I mean, I'm almost giddy like a child how curious I am about what he's going to do with this build. This moment I got the information, fullback, I was like, you mean to say halfback? (laughs) First thing went through my head. Did he put the F by mistake? And it was supposed to be an H? But then when you look at the keyboard... That would be a very bad mess up. Uh, so yeah, he he made a fullback. So I, I like I said, I'm just very antsy just to see where this goes, and I'm excited for it. So, uh, but enough about fullbacks. We can move on to the next thing. Wide receivers, which seems to be the most popular application. I mean, I think it was what 13? Did I count that? I right? counted 13? right. Yeah, that's what I counted. Where to start with these guys? Uh, where to start? Well, let's see. Well, the shortest guys, we'll do it this way. The shortest guys are 6-1. The tallest guy is 6-7. Yeah, and speaking of that particular receiver... Okay, because that's been brought up in discussion. has been mentioned to me. Um, I'm very adamant with realism, and we've had tall receivers before in real life. It happens, yeah, but, but not, it's not that, but not that tall. Um, clearly, 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 clearly. Uh, um, let me think. His name's right in the tip of my tongue. <laughs> uh Oh, crap. Harold Carmichael. Jesus, how did I forget his name? Uh, he's the last real big, big wide receiver that I can think of that could fall into comparison to this particular uh, receiver. He was 6'8", 225. Okay. 6'8", 225. Clearly, it is an indication that they exist. But there's so few and far between. 
this is where the realism aspect is going to come in. The league will allow such things, but not on an everyday basis. There's going to be a few here and or there. They're going to be periodically and sporadic. It's not going to be all of a sudden everybody's that size. Um, the editor that I look at in front of me, we can actually make a player as tall as eight foot tall, which is just nonsense. Uh, definitely not doing that. I'm definitely not even getting into the seven foot range. Um, we've had defensive ends in the league that are six foot nine. You know, too tall Jones. I believe he was six nine or was he a little taller? Uh, well, that's about right. So point is, and the point being, a six seven receiver. As long as the editor don't jam up, because I've had been told before an editor might jam up if a guy's too tall, uh, and that's where SFL had the rule. I think it was six five was the limit because it would screw up. Uh, if that's accurate, and say that could happen, uh, Jarnett uh, Testela could be dropped down to a six foot five receiver if we have to. If being six foot seven can be accepted in the editor and it won't jam anything up and it'll work, he's permitted. He will be permitted at six seven two thirty five, just because it's possible, it's plausible. And who am I to say no? You can't enjoy the game, and you being a certain size is just stupid. It's plausible, and it's happened, and we've witnessed it. It's just like I said, they stated they're they're seldom and few and far between, and he's going to be the guy who sets the standard, if you will, being that first one that does it. Um, but we're not going to allow this kind of stuff. Every season, you know, I probably won't even allow a guy this big next season. I mean, hell, he's bigger than all our tight ends height-wise. <laughs> so I think the tallest tight end is 6'6", and we'll get to them here in a minute. But uh, I think I'm explaining that properly, and I'm hoping everybody realizes where I'm coming from with it and it makes sense. So I'm mentioning that to you because, like I said, you, you've had your opinions about it. How do you feel about it? Honestly, six seven, I think it's a little, yeah, you know what I mean. But at the same time, it has happened. But it, like you said, they're so far and in between. I think that's why people, when they see that, they're like, "Oh my God, that's not possible." But then, but if you go back and look at your history, then there have been guys that big. So I'm, you know, I'm willing to let him try. You know. If, like you said, as long as you can get the editor to work and it doesn't screw everything up, if he wants to be six seven this year. Hey, why not? See what happens. I'm sitting there just thinking. You know, I'm, I don't want to be like you said. We don't want to be uh, there telling guy, oh, you can only have this, you can only have that, you can only do this, you can only do that. That's not fun. That's that's not fun for the people in the league, and that's not that's not what we're here for. We're here to have fun. You know, and we told guys, make your players, just don't go nuts. And nobody seemed to go crazy. This guy wanted to try 6'7". You know, he's not real, he's only 235 pounds, so that's not too bad as far as the size-wise. So why not give him the shot to see what happens? And, And this will go, this could be the case with any position. I mean, let's talk quarterback, for example. Dan McGuire was 6'8". That's a big-ass quarterback. Well, Freaking eight. I, I hate to bring him up, but he is on my Browns now. Osweiler 6'8". Right. So, you know, I mean, that's big. I mean, you do – there are there are some out there. They're just – like you said, we're going to say that a lot. They're just so far and in between 
the generations of years that's happened, you know, that you just don't, they're not a, a common occurrence. So when people see that, oh, they're nuts, they can't do this, it has happened. Uh, we'll you know, like you said, you brought end. a bed to Tall Jones, which is one of my favorite players of all time. Right. He was, you know, six nine, defensive end. He was huge, but has there been a six nine defensive end since then? No. We'll bring up these tight ends because, like I said, we're mentioning we're going to be mentioning them here in a minute. Uh, Morris Stroud, he played for the Chiefs, uh, and, I, and I think he's from Atlanta. If I'm not mistaken. He was a six foot ten tight end. Yeah, I remember that. I was like, wow. You know, I mean, that's a big boy. I mean, that's a really mm-hmm. big, you know I mean? And what's crazy is I believe the tallest lineman in the history is Jonathan Ogden is out 6'9". You know, we're talking about these receivers and quarterbacks basically being the same height, and you'd figure a lineman would be even bigger, but... Mm-hmm. But yeah, they're... No. I know the Raiders. They had a major fail with Robert Gallery, six-seven guard, and he's one of the, one of the biggest guards ever in the league. He was just six-seven. Mm-hmm. I was just like, wow. So, I mean, like I said, I, to me, I'm just I'm open to it. I just think that we should be willing to give him a chance to try. Yep, give him a chance to try. Yeah, and then if things, if if the editor won't allow it, then we change it. But if it works. You let it, you know, he could get on at that size. Somebody's going, oh yes, uh-huh. you know, you know, there's an owner out there right now who's drooling big time. Oh my God, you know what I could do with this? And then he gets in there and picks this ability, this ability, that ability, and he totally flops because the owner picked the wrong abilities. Since we're talking so, height size, I'll put you on the spot. Who is the tallest player in NFL history? I don't remember who it was. I remember I looked it up one time and I. Can't remember who it was. Yep. It was all the way back in 1967. And he was drafted in the 10th round. And he was a defensive tackle. And he was selected by the Oakland Raiders. That's why I knew this so well. Um, okay. was Richard Slay. He was seven foot even. That's right. I do remember reading about that. I mean, he played, I think, one or two seasons, and then he retired. But he was drafted all the way in the 10th round. And back then, you would honestly thought a guy that size would have been a top five pick or something. Mm-hmm. So, I don't, I'm a, obviously wasn't born. He was drafted 10 years before I was born. And he waited all the way to the 10th round. And the way they didn't have athletes like they do today, one tells me, that tells me he might not have been that good. <laughs> yeah. So, and anyway, back to these receivers. Uh, is there any particular, you know, instead of saying who's the best and who's the worst, because it's kind of hard with this many wide receivers in front of us. Right. Uh, is there anything that really stands out to you? Now, obviously, you said Jarnett Tesla because of his size. Um, I think the same thing can be said about Aiden Friday. He's only 6'1", 145. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's a small little dude, and we've heard rumors not just well, and it, it, since, since you brought, since you brought him up, right? Uh-huh. Since you brought him up, we'll bring up uh, uh, what is it, Tyrone Goodspeed. Mm-hmm. He's six one, hundred ninety nine. He's not much bigger. Right. Yeah. But I'll take fifty more pounds on my receiver. 
But uh, here's the thing I'm saying. I was going to say, we, we, hear, we hear this statement on size. It doesn't, matter, it doesn't matter. And one thing I've always heard in video games is if the guy is smaller, he can be faster. Is that an accurate statement? I guess we're going to find out. We're going to find out. Could could we really see a speed difference on a guy? We're going to find out. Simple as that. And that's why I that should have been the case. That should have been the case this year, then. I don't know if you guys can hear me. That should have been the case this year. Chris Davis out of nowhere with the comment. <laughs> Welcome aboard, Chris. What's your thought? About the size? If that was the case, then my receiver right now in the SFL should have a fuck ton more touchdowns because he's 6-1. Right. And he's like 200. Yeah. So I, I don't believe that to be true. If anything, I believe it to be more so of a disadvantage when you try to get jump balls. Why? Well, because um, most because because more so of the times when um, my character tries to get a jump ball, he'll catch it, but the defender will either get his hand away or his helmet away, and it'll end up being a drop. While if this was like a six three or six five receiver, he's going to hang on to the ball and he's going to finish the animation. Right. You would assume as much, and I would I would agree with that when it comes to that type of situation. Keep in mind that receiver right now is gold. <laughs> so right, yeah. And we have a lot of bigger receivers in this draft. We got a ton of six four guys, six three guys, and we got the smaller six ones. Um, actually, pleased to see we don't have any receivers under six foot. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Wide receivers, the wide receiver class is very deep. I mean, I mean it's it's very very deep. Just um, thought I, what did I miss? I missed. I know I missed about ten to twenty minutes of you guys talking. Uh, we just we went through the quarterbacks, the running backs, and talked about fullbacks for a few minutes. And now we're on the wide receivers. Oh uh, well, can you like quickly repeat back to the running backs? And the quarterbacks and running backs. All we really did was we discussed really what was going to be our favorite build and lack thereof. And we with the quarterbacks. Um, we both picked Thomas Sergo as our favorite build, our favorite quarterback. Um, and Ed had picked James Dubset as his least desired quarterback, and I had picked King Cannon, and I kind of did that just to pick on Cody because he's one of my buddies. Uh, and then when we got to the running backs, we really didn't pick the best build what? and the weakest build just for the simple fact that most of these builds are pretty much the same. It's just going to be a matter of what combination people want to go with because there's a few little changes but we did say how Herschel Mann and Beakley are the most different of the group. So, got to look at those. And then, like I said, we discussed fullbacks because there are no fullbacks on the board. But we did say how Jack Diamond created a fullback. It's one of his personal players. Instead of going quarterback, running back, receiver, whatever, he went with a fullback. So, we had a small discussion on what he could or couldn't be doing with the fullback. And every yeah. option was discussed. So Okay. And then let's so, you got to talk about the receivers? Yeah. Honestly, I, honestly, I, honestly, if you're going to talk about the receivers, aren't you going to mention the tight ends as well? Yeah, we're going to get Unless to the tight ends. We're going position okay. by position here. Oh, okay. Yeah, so we'll be getting to that. I mean, you're an owner. So since we got an owner on the call, I'm willing to take a step back and go back to these quarterbacks for a minute. Are you willing to, A, give us the truth, or B, give us a smoke screen, or C, plead the fifth, what quarterback you could be targeting in the first round, second round, third round, whenever you may be taking a quarterback? 
If it's information you're willing to indulge us with. Alex Dar. Okay. Straight up. Straight up. Straight up. I'll, I'll right. say straight up. And 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 if people take them, so be it. I'll just take James the Dubset. Apparently, you're after a smaller quarterback. That's interesting. Yep, because yep, because those are the quarterbacks that people tend to overlook on. Ask Drew Brees. Granted, you'll argue he's a system quarterback, but he still gets the job done. Take it as it is. That comment is brought to you by the Philadelphia Flight, the organization that is an equal opportunist. Basically. <laughs> All right. How about running backs? Anybody stand out to you that, that you would say that's the guy I got to have? It's two running backs. And I have a feeling that by the time I say these running backs that they're going to be either gone, one of them will be gone, or, hell, both of them might be gone one might be one, gone one pick above me just to spite me. But I'll have to say either Doug Bose, because he's 245, he's big as shit. <laughs> Marcus Bose. Well, actually, no. Well, yeah, Marcus. I might have to say three as well. I think uh, there's Dennis Northrup, too. So that's three running backs that I'm targeting. Because so the they have to build... Smaller, compact running back is what you're going for. Basically. So, so it's almost the polar opposite of your quarter or of your quarterback. You want the small, weak, tiny little quarterback, but you want the big, fat running back. Yep. <laughs> and I can't wait for you guys to get the receivers. Yeah, that's that's yeah. where we're going now. Because like I said, there's no right. back to discuss. And Ed right. and I just said how Aiden Friday stands out to us because he's real tiny. Uh Fulmer's 193, Tyrone Goodspeed, they're 199. These are under 200 receivers. And then we mentioned how uh, Jarnett Tesla's 6'7", and if the editor accepts a 6'7 receiver, I'm going to let him stay 6'7". If not, we're going to bring his height down a little bit to fit. But uh, that's all the further we were. So, But since you're an owner, I'm sure uh, Ed's very interested, as I am, as to uh, what type of receiver you could be targeting and why. Uh, I need to look at the list again. It sucks I can't see it entirely out there scroll left and right. But it would be either Kyle Walsh, Joey Knight, or even Marcus Fogg himself between those three. Why? Well, it's pretty simple because they have really three abilities that I look for in a wide receiver. They have route guy, they have quick feet, and they have possession receiver. Or at least, like, out of any of those three, I can make it work. What's that in the background? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I can make it work with those three, so. And plus they have the size and build that I'm looking for. One thing I'm you know, noticing as I look at these receivers is most of our receivers are around 6'3", six, 6'4". I'm not crazy here. Uh, and we have a lot of receivers that are 220 to 230 area. So our receivers are going to be big. Yeah, yeah, they will. Yeah, I'm, wow. I'm really looking at this. Maybe God, there's so many fucking wide receivers. Benzo <laughs> Woods Jr. is 205 and Macho Folks 207. And that's actually one of the, two of the smaller weights outside of the guy's under 200. 
225. These are some big boys. Uh, Ed, if you were in an owner's position, who, who are you targeting? Who would be your guy? Mm. That's a good question. I'm looking at it now just to try to figure out. While you look at it, I can throw my names out there, and mine are two guys, Macho Fog, Bobby Treefeather. Yeah, that makes me sound biased because they were my my receivers when I had the L.A. Sharks in the SFL. By fuck. But the truth be told, they have the builds that I liked. They had the builds that I wanted to use, and the builds they used in the SFL is exactly what they brought with them here. So I know how to use that style of receiver, and I can see that in front of me, so that's why I target those guys. So, that's why they'd be my targets if I was owning a team. Least favorite build? <laughs> uh, wow. Again, these are kind of like the running backs. Everybody's very similar when you look at them. Very similar. Um, and I've just been sitting here racking my brain over which guy I least, least, least like. And, Wow. I have to go with Aiden Friday, personally. I mean, 6'1", 145, like, damn, you're better off just being, like, like a, a Darren Sproles type of running thing. You know, it'll be a change of pace. Well, his, 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 uh, his build is going to be clean. Oh, I'm not too familiar with magic feet. Uh, I'm not too familiar. Well, I, I am as well. I mean, yeah, it helps you out in the sidelines, but... If you're doing out routes, something like that, I definitely get why he'll have that on completely. But other than that, Speedbird can only help you so much when when you're trying to run your routes. I mean, defenders can still clean you over the middle, and they can still pick the ball off. Take it from someone who's dealing with that now. <laughs> so, uh, man, I, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like gotta be Aiden Friday. And I want to let you guys know, when you look at Alex Zeli's build, I don't know why it says acrobatic. That should be acrobatic catches. <laughs> I don't know what That's it is. But this mm-hmm. way you guys are aware. He's got the special team demon, speaking of uh, Alex, well, Zeli. I don't know why I just said Zeli. Uh, Alex Zeli is special team demon. Um, That's a bad idea. He, he, yeah, he's a different. Uh, I'm... I don't know if I can get a hold of him, but if he's talking more so about return specials, as in returning kicks, he needs to change that no, right now because that only demon. works defensively. Special team demon. Yeah, Jarnett also has it on him. I see that. They, they need to change it. Uh, unless their wide receivers are going to be blocking, blocking punts and field goals somehow. Maybe they're, maybe they're going to be gunners on kicking. That's what I'm saying. Who knows? Somehow. I know if I'm a team owner, I don't know if I want my wide receivers running down there making tackles, possibly getting hurt. <laughs> exactly. Star wide receivers, more or less. I uh, mean, they're going to be tired. Real tired. Well, Ed, you've been looking these over. Anything standing out to you? Not really. <laughs> Too many commonsies, huh? They're, they're all man. I mean, you just a lot of this, a lot of that. Everything's very comp. Yeah. It's almost a matter of hmm. 
that's what I said. When when you go and I'm, and this is the advice I'm going to throw out to owners, and some of them I'm pretty sure are already on the ball with this, and some of our newer owners might be like, hey, that's good advice. Uh, I'd be writing down on my board, honestly. These are the abilities I am targeting per position. So when it comes my turn to draft, and this is the position I'm targeting, I'd almost find the guy who's got as many of those abilities that I was looking for. And if I find a couple, then maybe I'll start, you know, engaging into, okay, I want him or him because of his size. But I'd definitely be targeting the abilities first. That's just my personal opinion. So, but yeah, like I said, same thing with these running backs. There, there are just so many common builds, and it's not even funny. I mean, if I'm not, I'd have to really look at it, but I wouldn't doubt if we have two, three guys that have the exact same picks and abilities. I wouldn't doubt if there's some very evenly matched guys. So, but all right. Like I said, I'm not surprised. We should be able to make a decision here on tight ends because there are some very differences in the builds for the most part, but there are also a lot of common ones. There's only five tight ends. We got uh, Dallas Crestwood, Ryan Stonebreaker, or Brocker. I don't know how I think it's Breaker. There's no without an E. Slinky Watts, Terry Stone Jr., and Thomas W. Goodhart. Uh, the biggest one's Terry Stone. He's 6'6", 260. All the other guys are basically uh, 6'4", except for Slinky. He's the smaller guy at 6'2". And everybody's weight's 245, 247, except for... Stone, who's all the way up to 260. This so, man, this man Terry Stone is going to be Rob Gronkowski. You've got to be <laughs> freaking kidding me that this dude is six six two sixty. Jesus Christ! <laughs> no, what the fuck this dude eats? I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling, I'm telling you right now. I don't know. I think I do know who's in charge of um. Uh, Terry, uh, Terry Stone Jr., but I'll tell you this right now, for abilities, I swear to you, if you take off Deep Threat and Bulldozer, you're going to have a lot of teams targeting you. They're going to want you on their team. Um, no joke. You have no idea how good route guy is for a tight end, and you blend that in with quickly. You have no idea. You're, it's basically like you having another wide receiver well, that can block. And taking and his abilities that you were just mentioning, oh uh, Dallas Crestwood, he's got route god and quick feet. Uh, Ryan Stonebreaker, he's got the quick feet. Uh, Slinky, he's got the route god and the quick feet. Goodhart has the route god and the quick feet. Um, but one thing that stands out to me is if you want a blocking tight end, Dallas Crestwood's your guy because he's got bulldozer and stonewall. But he's also got route god and quick feet. Yeah, by the way, nice Lil comment. Mo. Yeah, by the way, Lil Mo. Uh, since I just saw your comment, yeah, I do. But that's because m- me and Ramos really thought that return specialist was really gonna work. We are regretting that right now. <laughs> Found out it doesn't work out as well as as well as you think when you put it on a wide receiver. Guest seven has called in just to listen. I'm not sure who guest seven is, so if they can tell us, that'd be great. But yeah, pretty much outside of the Terry Stone, these these tight ends look look pretty good. I don't know about Slinky Watts though. I mean, I oh. do like him though. I do, I do like him though. But I like his build. Isn't six two a little bit like like it like isn't six two being like a little you know undersized for a tight end? 
So at the very least, you know, you got to release around like six to ah, six Ah, guess seven. TJ at work. Oh, cool. Nice. All right, now what you just said is isn't that, isn't that like a little undersized? Yeah, for a tight end. Okay. Well, here's what I'll say. And six three, two fifty three, six three, two fifty three. Okay, how much different do you think six three, two fifty three is in this game? In this game compared to six two, two forty five. Do you think that's basically a, pretty much the same build? Somewhat, yeah, because I don't see much of a difference. All right, well, the reason why I bring it up is because that 6'3", 253 that I just mentioned is the size for uh, Tiberius Bovine in the SFL. Oh, wow. And we all know that he's a beast. And Slinky's just almost the same size at 6'2", 245. He's an inch smaller and eight pounds lighter. So... I wouldn't read too much into that when you realize that he's, like, right on par with one of the best tight ends, if not the best tight end in the SFL scene. So, oh, yeah. that's good. And here's the way I look at it. We're talking about size, and you said how you can now jump a guy or this, that, and the other. When it comes to size, I think a smaller tight end can be valuable as far as he can be faster to get away from the big-ass linebackers that are covering him. And when you look at his build, quick feet, route God, and he's tough in the middle. He's got the soft hands, and then he's got his brick wall and bulldozer ability. I would not Which are not needed. Which, Which are not needed. Mean, here's the thing. Like you said, could be like another receiver. Slinky Watts, if you take him and make him a four-ability player, get rid of brick wall and bulldozer. You could turn him into like a quote-unquote slot receiver from the tight end position. And the linebackers are the ones going to get stuck covering that. Good luck. <laughs> How do you think I feel with uh, um, Terry Stone? Because he's not really all that far off, really. I mean, imagine a six six two sixty tight end with route gotten quick feet. That's unfair. <laughs> unfair. Like I said, Rob Gronkowski reincarnate. <laughs> Hell, and Rob Gronkowski, he not he like he fast, but like <laughs> he he be mossing people like 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 his stuff Like when that man's healthy, it's a wreck. You can't well, put people Davis is getting very linebackers on him. It's over. <laughs> he keeps saying about how if he's six six and he's got route guard and quick feet, we won't have to worry about that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm serious. We don't have to worry about that because it's not on his list of abilities. He can change it. As long as he gets it in before the end of the night, yes. He if he change would change it, it before the end of the night, night yes. But, but if he doesn't change it by the end of the night, then nobody has to worry about it. You know, right. Oh, all right. All right. You already know Otis is going to be talking to him, telling him, yo, just change those two, and you will be probably a top ten pick in this draft. Probably. There's no way in hell there's no way in hell that team's gonna be able to pass up this kind of prospect. No way. And for those of you unaware, uh Terry Holdaway, who is Ghost Dog forty seven on our Slack, that's who owns this player. So Ghost Dog forty seven, you go hit him up and maybe you can be one of these owners who are saying, Hey, you know, maybe make that change and I'm all about owners trying to talk to a player. 
you know, especially if it's going to improve a guy. And I do believe a route guy on a tight end is huge because uh, that was something I was I had with uh, Bovine. And just for the one season that I had with Bovine, the three abilities that were on Bovine were quick feet, route guy, and breakaway burst. That was his three abilities. And I was huh? with what I did with him. So, yeah, if it works on a big-ass tight end as well with a little effect because of the size, it's going to be that much more dangerous. <laughs> so, uh, and you didn't throw it out to me yet. Which tight end is yours if you had to pick? Who are you targeting? Who would be your guy? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right now, I'd probably say uh, Dallas Crestwood. That's an interesting name, isn't it? Yes, it is. I'm looking at my list. That is an interesting name. Dallas Crestwood is Castro Patron's offensive player, so you know. Okay. He's 6'4", 248 pounds. He's got Bulldozer, Stonewall, Route God, Quick Feet, Soft Hands, and Mr. Third Down. Jesus Christ. Nice balanced guy. Fuck Dallas, by the way. I'm <laughs> You'll get my meaning. Oh man, but yeah, that's uh, and that's like I said, he's one of the the guys who have double players, Castro Patron. So Castro Patron's also in the draft with a linebacker. This is his tight end. So outside or inside? Patron. Middle. Patron. Patron's yeah, middle linebacker. Oh, okay. Thank you. Linebacker. So, um, any more discussion on these uh tight ends, or nope. would you like to move on? Nope. Let's move on. Let's move on to positions I know what I'm talking about. All right, let's move on to the defensive end where we only have two on the board. Abe Raham. That's right. His first name is Abe, and his last name. Oh, is we can Raham. put them all. We can put. We can talk about defensive ends and defensive tackles at the same time because there's only two. There's uh, two of each. The other defensive end is Danger Moon, which is a very interesting name. Uh, Danger Moon, and I'm double checking my list here. To see who Danger Moon is, I think. Rapid tackler, pass rush, bull rush, swim. Dang, what else does dude got? Hold up. I'm on it right now. Swim move, red, run reader. I don't know about that run reader part, though. But yeah, Danger Moon. Danger Moon is actually the second player for Slinky Watts. Nice. Oh, nice. So, yeah, Slinky Watts and Danger Moon. And then, okay, the two defensive tackles are Willie Blackheart and Lincoln Fox. Um,. Lincoln Fox and Billy Blackheart are both 6'5", 345, and 342, almost the same build. Uh, Raham and Moon are both 6'4", but the weight difference is 281 to 250. Mm. So a 281-pound defensive end or a 250-pound defensive end. Uh, And looking at the builds, I'll tell you guys right now, for me, on a personal level, I prefer the defensive tackles over the defensive end just because they both have leadership. Mm-hmm. I'm very, big, very big on leadership on defensive linemen. That's just my personal opinion because it's a little thing that I've learned from Kyle Walsh when it comes to the leadership ability on certain players, uh, and I believe on defensive line it's huge. So that's why they, they they stand out to me more than the other guys. Oh, hell yeah. But yeah, these builds, I like the builds across the board for all four of these players, though. Oh, I do, Wow. You know, the combinations you can come up with is is, is going to be fun. And there's some guys in this league who've shown they know how to use defensive linemen because they've done it before. 
Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm very curious as to what guys O'Reilly. Shout out that man was a fucking monster. <laughs> Ed, he's too excited. <laughs> I don't hear that. He's a freaking monster. <laughs> yeah. he but uh, they're so from they're so uh, like the same in build. But uh, I'm gonna go to you, Ed. Of the four, since we're comparing the D tackles and the defensive ends, just calling them defensive linemen at this point. Mm-hmm. Which one stands out to you? Which would be your guy if you wanted a defensive lineman on your team? Uh, Lincoln Fox. <laughs> Lincoln Fox. He's the biggest guy on the board. Is that why? Or is there that something not, in still? That and I, his, um, yeah. I like his abilities he has on him. Yeah. I like the fact that he's got that quick feet. With quick feet with leadership, and then he's got bull rush with the pass rush bonus. Holy crap. And rip. <clears throat> And then that wrap-up tackle. And I've seen it in, in many a game before. A defensive lineman get free, not get to the quarterback, but then miss the tackle. Mm-hmm. Wrap-up tackle Ooh. could help. It could. It could. Yeah. I didn't look at it from there either. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's got a very solid build. And yeah. It, it's going to be interesting to see what guys guys do. And, they, you know, and here's the thing. We, we hear the mention of O'Reilly. We know what O'Reilly did in the SFL. He's an absolute monster. And Davis was over there really giddy over it. And and that's the truth. So that's why I say this. Would a guy like Lincoln Fox, because he's very similar in build, I'm sure, and height and weight, could he become R. O'Reilly? And would someone say, you know what, I need that impact player on the defensive line. He's going to be my first-round selection. And, in he fact, he's going to be a gold. And O'Reilly had three abilities when he played with Louisville. When he got to Vegas, they put a fourth ability on him. Would somebody be crazy enough to go with a five or even go with the max of six abilities on a gold defensive tackle? I would actually like to know, what the fuck was O'Reilly's three abilities in his order at the Wolfpack, and what was his four? To this day, I still want to know. Because it was absolutely insane about how fast this dude got to the quarterback. To this day, I still want to know. And with these defensive tackles coming up, trust me. Give me about a minute, I can tell you, because I actually know this information. I have it. Oh. (laughs) Well, there you go. I have no problem sharing. Uh, This is going back to summer 16 season. uh, Would that help your question? Yes. Yes, that would uh, entirely. O'Reilly At least with the three abilities. Six, 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 three fifty. Let me make sure you guys know his height and weight. Six, six, three fifty. He had pass rush bonus, leadership, and rip. Get the fuck out of here. That was his Those three. So pass rush bonus, leadership, and rip is what O'Reilly had in summer sixteen when he was dominating. And that was the first three. That's the first three abilities listed on Lincoln Fox. Ain't that something? And what was his fourth? When 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 he went over, I do have no idea what they did with him in Vegas. I couldn't answer that. He's still dominant over there. Yeah, because we didn't get none information this season. When the SFL released uh, the roster files, they didn't include the abilities, so I don't know. That makes sense. So I'm not sure, but yeah. But we can argue. We can argue that they have the same three abilities, 
but they gave him right. Like I don't know, uh, you said leadership. They could have gave him quick feet as far as we're concerned. I will message Mario Savage because Mario Savage was a part of that team, and see if Mario Savage can give us that information. And message has been sent. We'll see if he uh, lets me know. I get the information. Because I'm gonna be honest, even I'm curious to try out. Because I'm gonna tell you what I have, I have one defensive tackle that I have one now, and it's been I don't know. It works out here and there, but it's kind of inconsistent. Like I just had it so he had on he has on uh, pass rush, quick feet, sack master, strength bonus, and stamina bonus. From what I hear, stamina works very very well on a defensive tackle. Strength bonus is needed. Gotta have that for a defensive tackle. So I don't know. Uh, Mario Savage's uh light just turned on on my Slack. That tells me he just got online. He probably just got the alert that I sent him the message. Mm-hmm. So maybe we'll get the information from here shortly. But uh as we wait, uh, Ed has mentioned Lincoln Fox is the guy that stands out to him. You're an owner in this league, uh, Chris. Who who stands out to you? Of the four defensive linemen. I actually agree with Ed on this one. It has to be Lincoln Fox. Dude has the perfect build for a defensive tackle. I mean, granted, he's three pounds. Granted, 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 he, he weighs about three more pounds than Willie Blackheart. But is what he brings with his abilities that make him, you know, dangerous. I look I at mean, Lincoln honestly, Fox. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we look, look at Lincoln Fox. S rush, leadership, rip. All three of those are on Willie Blackheart, just not in the, yep, the right I'm looking, order. I'm looking at it now. Yep, they're on there. Right, they both uh, even Bull rush. rush, which isn't bad, because so far I've been doing some testing with Bull Rush. That actually makes the quarterback a little bit more nervous, even though the defensive tackle gets gets uh, balled up with the center still. Have an it answer. makes the quarterback force a throw. We have an All answer right. from Mario Savage. He has come back with me and says, Rick O'Reilly's abilities were pass rush bonus. Leadership, rip, and clutch. Oh, shh. <laughs> so that was the fourth ability, apparently, clutch, because I knew the abilities the season before, and they kept all three and added a fourth. Uh, that's insane. Not even strength bonus. Jesus. <laughs> I guess for some reason, the, I I guess there's no reason to have strength, apparently. <laughs> So, so what we're saying is Willie Blackheart and Lincoln Fox are basically O'Reilly. Basically. Basically. Wow. But the, the only thing they don't have in there is, is the clutch. Holy yeah. shit. Holy Good. shit is correct. Jesus. <laughs> Yo, that's insane. We could be on these defensive linemen all day. So we're going to move on to the five linebackers, and we're just going to put the outside and the insides together. Uh, we got two outside linebackers in Ricky White and DJ Quick, and our middle linebackers are Castro Patron, Michael Stonebreaker, and Gunnar Durango. Uh, all these guys uh, are about the same size. The smallest one being Stonebreaker at six one two twenty eight. And again, it's all going to be a matter of what you want your linebackers to do. You want them to run, you know, get up there and help the running game, be able to be in coverage, do a little bit of both. Uh, but, Davis, I'm going to go to you first since you're the owner of a team. And at that time, while Ed can look at it and, and review it, and I'll be doing the same thing. We'll throw out our 
player that we think stands out the most, but who looks good to you and why? Because they're pretty and, similar uh, across the board. And what position? Linebackers. We're looking um, at, all at all of them? Yeah, just all of them as a, as a whole. Ricky White, DJ Quick, Castro Patron, Michael Stonebreaker, and Gunnar Durango. Uh, I would have to go Castro, uh, Castro, uh, Patron, honestly. Okay, reason? Probably because of the fact he's a little bit more faster, and he can get to the ball carrier in time. If not, then he could actually, you know, play coverage a little bit, a little bit more good, too. But I'll go, like, you know, not just middle linebacker. I'll go to outside linebacker, too. I'll have, for outside linebacker, I'll just say DJ Quick for just about the same reason. They can get there fast enough. Double-checking this real quick. I'm seeing closing speed on white, closing speed on quick, closing speed on Patron. Strom, uh, Stonebreaker does not have the closing speed. Gunner Durango does. does. But when the speed burner is on DJ Quick, how fitting. It makes sense for an outside linebacker. I mean, just to mean, like, it'd be hard to run stretch plays on the outside linebacker that not only has closing speed, but it has speed burner on. I mean, you're not running stretch plays to hit to his side. It's just not working. I mean, like, you won't be stopped for, like, a five-yard loss. I just added the quick Well, yeah, these builds, like I said, and one thing I really like with some of these guys is white. Uh, quick, they have leadership. So does Stonebreaker, uh, Durango. Actually, Patron's the only one without leadership. And I'll tell you now, because of that, he'd be my least favorite pick. I like yeah, leadership on my linebackers, is like I do my defensive. I, I honestly, I honestly I believe agree. leadership. Believe leadership can work on everybody. I, I, uh, I feel like that. I feel like leadership is an area of affecting that, or or it's a position thing. I mean, I feel like that doesn't work for everyone because if that was the case, then only thing that I'll put leadership on is my strong safety, and the rest can just handle itself. But really, I, I think it's a position by position thing on defense. You know, I mean, like on quarter on quarterback, on the other hand, for offense, that's all you need is just leadership on him, and that'd be it. Everybody plays good. I don't know why. It's it's gonna be fun looking at this. These linebackers are pretty similar though as a whole. But if I'm a guy though that wants three linebackers, it would actually be a good thing that he doesn't come on Castro Patron. It would be a good thing that he doesn't have leadership on. Because if you could go you could go Ricky White and DJ Quick right now, they both have leadership. You can only get like you really you could just have one of them have leadership on and the rest you could just put on something else. It's kinda that's kind of versatile for uh, uh, you know, for for the linebackers. Mm-hmm. Really I, I, I like I like Gunner Durango. Yeah, one thing I like about Durango is, like I said, the leadership. But he's got the run coverage and the coverage bonus, and has the closing speed to get where he needs to be. You know, and then mm-hmm. throwing the wrap-up tackler, I think he has in there. Yeah, that's what. Yeah. Um, also, just thought I'd let some guys know here for some defenders that have strip on ball strip. Ball strip only works when you're stacking the quarterback. 
So unless you truly believe that a certain position is going to sack the quarterback a lot and have a chance of forcing a fumble, then you put it on. Other than that, ball strip is not worth it. Well, I don't think it's not ball strip in the moment. Running backs does not work on wide receivers. We got Patron with the ball strip. I will say this. If you were a coach that might run a 3-4, I believe it. And, Ed, you you are kind of sore when it comes to this 3-4. And, Davis, Mm -hmm. you're right there, too. So maybe you guys can tell me I'm crazy or tell me I'm not. But I firmly believe you're running a 3-4 style defense. You're not afraid of the – you know, glitches that you may see in the way a linebacker tries to blitz. I think 3-4, you're blitzing the quarterback, so we're having that on your linebacker. could be worth it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's where I see it coming in. Uh, so, Castro Patron, don't get me wrong, he's definitely going to be a guy I, I, I'm, I'm going to be scouting and looking at. Because I would love to have a guy like that that has bolster because – I'll, I'll let y'all know right now. I'm the kind of guy that loves to send heat, and anyway, anyway means possible. I mean, there's times where I'm gonna have my linebackers dropping coverage, but other than that, I'm gonna send heat. Well, I'll say this: if you're a coach, an owner, whatever, and you're doing defense, and you're going three four, I'm honestly gonna sit there and beg to get Patron on my team, just because I know I'm gonna be blitzing my linebackers, and that's where that bonus. A ball strip can kick in, and that honestly could be the difference between winning and losing a game, forcing the turnover and getting the ball. Yep. So, uh, if you ain't got no more comments for these linebackers, we'll move on to the few corners. Which I say few because I'm shocked we don't have more corners in the draft. I think it's only five. I'm laughing at this name right now. I can't wait for you guys to get to the corners. I'm actually legit laughing at this name that I'm looking at in front of me. All right. Well, uh, must must be the Champ Revis. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Yeah. Can't read this. <laughs> yes. Five corners. We got Charlie Monk, Champ Rebus, CJ Coates, Donovan <laughs> Smith, and Joe Starr. Uh, oh. Who stands out to you and why, and not just because of his name? Champ <laughs> Rebus. Champ Rebus. It's got me, y'all. I swear to God, whoever made Champ Rebus, if you're listening in. Oh my God, yo, that yo, that 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 was the most clever way to blend in Champ Bailey and Darrell Revis. I'm sorry, <laughs> I, I have to give you props for that entirely. It's crazy because it's not even just his name. This is Bill. Look at him. I mean, six two two eleven. The Bullock and with coverage. Oh my God, no! I think it was we have a Champ Revis fan. <laughs> no. Oh man. Oh my God, this dude. I'm telling you, dude, these, these are players in this game that become that will become steals in later rounds if they are not picked up in the first round. They will become steals. Mark yeah. my words. Somebody's gonna drop. <laughs> Based on your reaction here, I don't even think I need to ask you, but of the five corners that are on the board, Champ Rebus is the one you like the most? Yeah, I don't know if I would even, man, well, how I got things playing, like, shit, I better hope to God that either the quarterback I'm looking for would be in the third or fourth, or the tight end I'm looking for would be in the third or fourth, because 
having a quarterback like this is really going to help help out your defense and possibly change the game for you. So, man, these 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 guys are making it hard, really hard. But if if Chad Reeves was off the board, if he was off the board, I probably would actually go after either. Yeah, Joe Starr or Donovan Smith. Because I know damn well Charlie Muck is going to be off the board. That's why I didn't say his name. <laughs> oh, hell. Joe Starr. I know that person. <laughs> <laughs> you do? I do. Just pissed that he said he, he made him from Alabama, but you know. <laughs> just told me that's his player. I told him to go fucking killer name, bro. Who did? Killer name. Yep, he just sent it to me saying the Chan Reeves is my player. Guys? Yeah, we hear you. Yeah, we heard oh, you. Uh, oh, right. yeah, yeah, Joe, Joe Star is. The second player of one of my sons. Oh man! Uh, what's his first? Oh, uh, his his other one is the, is the quarterback uh, Dwayne Ritter. Well, I wouldn't mind quarterback and a quarterback. That's filling two needs for me. Thank you. <laughs> and what's funny is when he made the corn the corner. I said, "Okay, you got to come up with the name. I'm not doing it." He says, "Well, it's simple, Dad." I said, "Okay." I said, what, what are you going to name him? He said, he's going to be Joe Starr. I said, okay, where did you come up with that? He said, I'm naming him after Joe Theismann and Bart Starr, but he's making him a defensive player. I'm like, okay, and that's what you want to do? Solid. Yeah. And now this is my, my nine-year-old that has uh, cerebral palsy who watched the SFL with me religiously and Dougie can tell you this, he would sit there and call out the plays while we're watching those games before the game before the play was called and it was exactly what they would run. It, it, it's scary. Nice. He'd sit there and says, Watch this, Dad, they're gonna do this. I'm like, No. He says, I'm telling you and then he would break it down, he would actually call exactly what the play was in the playbook and he said, There it is and they ran it. I'm like what the and I didn't even know he knew the playbook that well. But I guess from, you know, watching me do stuff, he must have picked it up. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, well, we and then, positive. Well, then I'll, th- I'll throw this out there cause my, real quick because my other son's freaking out. My other son has a wide receiver named Drew. And then he's the kicker. He keeps telling me, no one's going to pick my kicker. I know it. I said, dude, somebody has to pick your kicker. He says, what do you mean? So I tried to explain to him. I said, we have already said, everybody who's in the draft will be drafted. I said, so somebody's going to draft your kicker. He goes, are you sure? I'm like, yes, somebody's going to draft your (laughs) kicker. So relax. Uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, There you go. Now, we've talked about the positives of these corners. Is there a particular corner that stands out to you that you're not interested in? You know, and I'll I'll talk at this, as, as as an owner. If I was putting a big board together for the corners, CJ Coates would be my last corner. Agreed. Just because of his just because of his weight. 
And even that is, he doesn't yep. have ball hawk, and I think that's a that yep. rule for a corner. He doesn't have it. Yeah, I, I think everybody else has it. Chip, but yeah, everybody else has corner, uh, ball hawk on the corners. But like I said, he's, he doesn't carry that, and that bothers me, even though he's got the leadership thing, which, I like I said, I love for defensive players. And I, like I, don't, the know corners. Players. I don't know about corners. I really don't think it's needed for corners. It's more so leadership would be used for safeties instead. Because that's where, like, well, let's be honest. I mean, like, possibly the greatest safeties of all time. I mean, you already know. D-leaders in their own right. I mean, there isn't, for me personally, there isn't too many corners. Well, you mentioned Charlie like- Monk. You said Charlie Monk will be gone. Charlie Monk playing on the Sharks this season has leadership on him. She, uh, how about on safeties? Uh, we have leadership on safeties as well. Uh, like I said, I, I'm a proponent of having leadership on everybody. Yeah, Dylan McGregor, who's the safety on the Sharks, has leadership on him. And he, um, The Sharks have seven defensive players, and I believe five, if not six, have leadership. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. And if you go and look at the team stats while we were running things, uh, even though we weren't doing very well in the passing defense for whatever reason, as a whole, the Sharks' defense was in the top three in pretty much every category. And we believe it had a lot to do with the leadership, stepping up and helping the generics because it improves generic play. And the reason why I say it improves generic play is because, thank you, running sim tests, I've was able to confirm it within myself that that's accurate. What? Leadership improves the generics across the board on defense. I think we all knew that. Yeah. I mean, it, it, was, yeah. Such a, it was such a dramatic thing. It wasn't even funny. And I even tested this, and I'll break this down for for owners new. And I want to create a tougher playing field, so this might be a little secret I'm giving out. And Destro actually touched on this one time during an Inside the SFL podcast that he thought leadership was important. But uh, I put a leadership on one guy and I put him on the defensive line, and I don't carry a defensive lineman. And you can see the generic defensive lineman got a little better. Well, I took it off there and I put it on the linebackers. Uh, when it was on the linebackers, what I found interesting was the defensive ends still seemed to play well, but the defensive tackles were eh. So it almost seemed like linebacker leadership helped defensive ends as well, which was different. Uh, took it off the linebackers. Did the same thing with corner, and then did the same thing with safeties. Same same synopsis across the board. Well, then what we started doing was we put it on two guys in two different spots, somewhere in the front, seven, and then somebody in the secondary. And we could see things were a little better. Then we mixed it up a little bit. So what we ended up doing when we built the team, we made sure we had leadership across the board. Everything was covered. On a safety, on a corner, on an outside linebacker, on the middle linebacker. Because we were thinking – if the outside linebackers had it, could it affect the defensive end? If the middle linebacker had it, could it affect the defensive tackles? Through sims, it appeared to work. Now, again, you could run 100 sims and it would tell you one thing and then run 100 sims again and then it would tell you something different. But what right. we ran in our test, it told us do it. And that's what we went with. That's why we had leadership on so many guys. And case being when Orlando was one of the better defenses in the SFL, this is exactly what Kyle Walsh used. And he was very adamant when I hired him that this is what I had to do with the defense to make it work. 
he was very, very adamant about it. So that's why I ran tests. I just wanted to see what he was talking about. I was going to do it anyway because he was a defensive guru to me. I've always said that Kyle Walsh is the defensive version of T-Pad on offense. I've always said that in my time in the SFL. So if he's telling me it, it's gospel. So I believed it. But I just wanted to see it, and I discovered, in my opinion, it to be accurate. So I think leadership's the key. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. I was going to say, because I, I'm like, I don't know why I'm still kind of like this, but I still feel like that they're, like, it's not needed to have leadership on the corner. Now, maybe that's just me. I feel like it would be needed on the most important positions, for like you said, which would be the linebacker, safety, because they're the last line of defense. And the uh, linemen, well, if you are going with a star lineman, and I just confirmed not so long ago that I will be going for star lineman, I'm definitely going to put one on him. David Cox. So, gentlemen. Yep. <laughs> He's already Maybe. on your team. My question Maybe. is, will the Philadelphia flight have two star defensive tackles? No. Smokescreen. Uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, let's start talking about these safeties because my yeah. son's driving me crazy. Yeah, keep, get My son's telling me he wants something to eat, and I told him, I said, as soon as I get this radio show, we'll get something to eat. I want to hurry up and get this done. <clears throat> we got eight safeties. There's five free safeties, three strong safeties. Um, clearly... Daryl Arrington, who, for those of you not in the know, Daryl Arrington is actually Aaron Arrington from the SFL. Uh, he has the biggest corner, I'm sorry, biggest safety by far. It's 6'5", 200 pounds. And then That's we have a little guy like Maurice Spurgeon, who's 5'11", 205. Jimmy Cash is small, under 200 pounds, and he's six foot tall. I, I would have thought that, that Maurice would have changed his height. As much crap as everybody's given him in the SFL about his guy being so small, do the thought coming over here he would have changed something. Maybe he maybe he found something that he likes. Who knows? Uh, one thing's for sure, I love his build, the abilities that he's chosen. Oh yeah. And a big hit he threw on there, and I'm very curious because I don't know, but a smaller, shorter, compact safety having big hit will make him that much more dangerous. I like that. You better get Brian Dawkins. Better get Brian Dawkins. That man was exact, almost the exact size, and he still hit harder than the freaking truck. <laughs> so I, I will not take that five eleven lightly. Trust me. But taking a look at these gentlemen that are on this board, is there a particular safety that's standing out to you as a whole? Is the guy to target? That's hard because there's a lot of them that's good. But Aaron, if you want Jimmy Cash, was it Cody Prime, Maurice Spurgeon, Sean Taylor, uh, David Lee, Lucas Fulmer, and Terry Stone. Yes, Terry Stone is the Terry Stone Jr. tight end. He keep cracking me up. He named both his guys Terry Stone, just one's a junior. <laughs> oh yeah, right. So yeah, of these of these uh, safeties, who who stands out? Like I said, it's kind of hard, but who, there's got to be that one guy who's standing out to you. Who would it be? Um. I can't. Well, I don't want to just choose one. I mean, like, I, I like just safety. Being, you know, I like to choose two at, at you know the different spots. But uh, for free safety, it'd be Daryl Arrington because it's hard to throw in him. Another would be Terry Stone. Okay. <clears throat> you 
a big fan of the stone. I love it. That's what I'm saying. That's why. I'm, that's why I got them on the list. Music might have the Rolling Stones, but the IFL has the Terry Stone. Uh, <laughs> that was so stupid. Uh, but what is it about those two players? I mean, you did say Arrington's six five. It's going to be harder to throw him. But what is it about Terry Stone that stands out to you? Uh, he has ball strip. And you had already talked about ball strip, and that's on his safety. Because uh, I'll be honest, I have been also running some tests. I tend to run the four four, which will have the safety actually come up, right? And make them, you know, if luckily they'll actually either get to the quarterback order, you know, they'll pass rush them to the point where you know it's going to cause them interceptions. Now. I'm not too keen of having ball strip on because I don't blitz the safety often, but there's cases where it's hard to explain. It's it's hard for me to explain, but there's some cases where, like I feel like that with Terry Stone, he's almost there. Like say like if he took some abilities off, he'd literally be just who I want at that position. And because he's 20 pounds heavier than the former as well. And I have a feeling David Lee's going to be off the board as well, by along with uh, who I said earlier about Charlie Monk. Gotcha. Ed, who stands out to you? <laughs> what? I-, I like Jimmy Cash. I like I like Arrington. Just because they both have that leadership. Yep, and the like sad said, part I, about that for me, I feel like Aronson's gonna be off the board too. <laughs> oh, somebody's gonna take him pretty quick. I bet because I mean, he's six five. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's what I'm saying. So if I had to redo that again, and it's gonna be hard, I would have to say Cash because of what you said, leadership. Because the Spurgeon and Cody Prom doesn't have it. For me, it's essential that your safety, no matter at if it's free safety or strong safety, they got to have leadership. Got to. All right. I'll lead you to this then. Who, we just said if we don't like this, we don't like that, but is there a particular safety that you would say, okay, I hope he doesn't fall in my lap? Lucas Fulmer. And reason for that would be? Well, because I did say earlier that he's 20 – he's basically – Terry Stone is basically 20 pounds heavier than him. And that basically would be it because of height alone. Other than, that, he's, other than that, he's just about there. Also, I'm not too sure about run coverage on a strong safety because I don't think it's needed. I mean, like, I mean, like the safety is going to be, you know, the last line of defense. And I'm not bringing my safeties up to stop the run. Only time I'll bring him up is to just blitz. Gotcha. Interesting. Um, well, since we've covered every position, we're still going to cover our special team this year. We have a kicker, and we have a punter. And, yes, as Ed was touching earlier, everyone will be drafted. Somebody will be picking these two gentlemen. Um, the best thing we can do as far as these two go, because I'm not going to say the kicker's better than the punter or vice versa, do we like the abilities that were selected for these players? Well, I like yes. them. I take the punter. 
right then and there. Because of the fact that he can pin you down, like, inside the 10 or inside the 5. Well, I have to correct you on one thing. You said he can pin you down. He is not a he. It is a she. Wait, what? Boo Weaver is a female ah. hunter. Oh, isn't, isn't, that, isn't that your wife? Yes, it is. <laughs> there you go. Lovely shit. That's right. My wife joined the league because she knows I do this a lot, so she joined the league to try and be a part of it, see what the big hoopla was, and Boo Weaver is her punter. That's her play. Okay, then. Uh, okay, then. Correction. She would pin you down inside the 10 or 5 line. And I'm pleased to say this. Um, when she said she wanted to do this and I told her what was going on, uh, when she got involved in the SFL, she really didn't have much say in anything because it was just kind of joined. It was a non-star status. Uh, here, when she joined, I told her, I said, here, go here and read. I did point her in the right direction and where to read for things that came for punters. But I told her I wanted this on the up and up. She had to pick her own ability options. So that's what she came up with on her own. Nice. So, yeah. One thing's for sure. Neither this kicker nor punter is going to be selected to be a goal. <laughs> Probably not. Oh, that. Not even. Will, not even. will one of these be selected to be a silver? No. Will one of them maybe be a bronze. Maybe. Or will they both be coppers? You know, what? What? Where do you think these guys are? Well, Gallon and Guy. I could see somebody putting them on, put somebody drafting both of them as a bronze and putting all five you of know them abilities on them. Wow. You know what, you know what, you know what, you know what, I hope Ramos is listening in. I really do. Because I think Ramos would be the only guy that would sit up there and get one of those players and put them in his goal. (laughs) (laughs) You know, probably probably give that kicker or punter high helmet tackle too. But like Ed, Ed was just saying there, you can see somebody putting them at a bronze and maybe going five abilities. Um, and to me, the the one that would deserve the most abilities, and not because it's the wife, I think five abilities on one of these would be more important with a kick, uh, punter. Because with the kickers, I'm thinking I just want kick accuracy, I want kick power bonus, and things like that, uh, and possibly clutch. But when it comes to a punter, when you look at the build she did put together, I'm not sure how leadership would affect a punter at all. But clutch is huge to me. The accuracy, the power, the strength, and then throwing coffin corner. Awesome. Yep. Strength. You know, deadly. On a punter? Strength bonus. It actually, I've read it. Strength bonus on a punter makes them have a stronger leg. Now, I don't know if that's, that's the truth. I have no clue. I don't think that's true. Yeah, like I said, I don't know if it's true. I have read it, and I haven't read it that many times, many different locations. I'm sure there's some people who've played this game a lot longer, and I believe TJ's in our chat, and I don't know if he's hearing us right now, and I don't know if he can type, but uh, I think he would know very solidly if that's accurate or not. Um, but, yeah, I, like I said, I've been told that, and I've seen it, and I've read that. Um, and that's the lovely thing about this game. I've had hundreds of people, well, that's exaggerant, but 10, 10, 12, 15 people tell me one thing, and then the same amount of number of people tell me the exact opposite when it comes to a build or an ability on a position. And to me, it's all, you know, your personal opinion. You know, and there's some yep. things that are just obvious, like ball hawk seems to be very obvious works. Route God seems to be very obvious that it works. But some of these other things just seem to be 
you know, your personal thoughts. Uh, he says, never tried it. Not sure I've ever had a star punter. LOL. <laughs> mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I find it find it interesting, to say the least. Uh, I'm actually going to run some tests just to, just, just to see if it works myself. I, it's one of the things I have on the bucket list, if you will, things I want to try in this game. And just have never gotten to it. But uh, I think both players have solid builds across the board. And let's just, just assume strength bonus works. Let's just throw that out there. Let's just say it does work. And Clutch is working on kickers. Both these kicking, leg-swinging leg players, I love how I said that, they both have kick accuracy. They both have kick power. They both have Clutch. And they both threw in the strength bonus. If the strength bonus works along with kick power bonus. How long of a damn field goal can Lou make, and how much of a deep punt can Weaver make? Mm-hmm. Like I said, if it works, I wouldn't doubt if Lou can make 50-yard field goals, and I wouldn't doubt that Weaver can kick 60-yard punts. So, wouldn't that be nuts? And winning and losing a ball game, getting that field position. And, and, and now that you made that statement, mm-hmm. I'm sure all the owners are listening to this going, hmm, he might be right. I'm going to have to test this now. I mean, in the SFL, you get the 12-star players, and I've always thought kicker, punter is a waste of time. Now, I had that discussion on an Inside the SFL one time with Max Paul, and, of course, he you know he made his case, and he, you know, he was 100% accurate with his arguments. Uh, but for me... And I said this to you, I'm not making my team build revolving around a kicker because Max's statement was something along the lines of, you want the kicker because you want to get the three points and whatever, whatever. And my statement was, if I'm settling for three points, there's something wrong with my team build. I better fix that first than not worry about some damn kicker. And Max had a chuckle because he agreed with me, but I also understood his argument. Uh, now, with 14 players on your team, I'm very interested in a kicker and a punter possibly filling in those extra couple of slots because that could be interesting to me to throw that in there. Because, I mean, can you imagine having a kicker on your team and you've got the ball and it's the last end of the game and you're down by two? and you make a drive, and here it is, third and nine, and they knock the ball down, and you're going to have to line up for a 40-yard field goal, and you have a generic. Good luck. But if your guys is a bronze or a copper, remember we're giving them a plus five at copper across the board. I haven't even looked at kickers and punters and how that will affect them. I should do that. Yeah, you should do that while we're on the air here. Yeah, uh, bring that up here in one second. Uh that could be huge to hit that extra point, or I'm sorry, hit that field goal, and it can make all the difference if you win or lose. And like I said, with punters, say you're up by two and you're trying to kill the clock, and you get stopped, and you have no choice but to punt. That punter, he can drive that ball deep and force them into a long field with very few seconds to go. So to me, it's very. It has a lot of value. It has more value now to me than it ever has on a personal level. So I don't know if anybody agrees with that or disagrees with that. I'm mentioning it here on the air for you guys to listen. Uh, Ed, you've been an owner 
Davis, you're going to be an owner, but you've been involved with teams and have helped out with teams. Uh, so, yeah, and here's what we got. Uh, I don't have the exact uh, information, okay, for punters at gold and or silver, uh, but kick accuracy is a 90 uh, on a punter, which I don't need to have one to say on a silver kicker, rather, not a punter. A silver kicker, his accuracy is a 90. On a bronze, it's 80. And on a generic, would be a 60. So we would bump that to a 65. Uh, <clears throat> trying to see the other abilities here. That here. Hard to figure these, some of these out the way they're uh, wrote. Fun. Kick strength. Uh, actually, it says kick strength 99 on all three on the chart that was given to me. That can't be accurate, obviously. Uh, but I do find the uh, accuracy number there 90, 80, drop to a 65 on the generic. It would jump up to a 65. So you're 15 behind the bronze with the plus five. Don't know if that's worth it to people. But I find that. I got it. All right, kick power. Here we go. 90 on a silver, 80 on a bronze, and 60 on a generic. So the kick power would jump to a 65. So it's a little further apart than I thought. Now, and it's the same thing with punters. A bronze punter's kick power is 90, and a generic is 60. Wow. That's that's a big drop. So it would be 90 to That's 65. a major drop. Yeah, it'd be 90 to 65 from bronze to copper. The accuracy is no. 90 to 65 when you throw in the plus 5. So, no. Yeah. You'd almost want to make your kickers and punters a bronze if you can do it. Because I like to take a free safety. A free safety speeds 78 at bronze. A generic is 73 across the board. He automatically equals them in speed. Now, the agility is a 78, and all the generics are 63, so you take a negative 10 hit. So, the you know, the coverage is 75 on a bronze, and then it's 63 on a generic three safety. So it jumps up to a 68, which is seven below. It's a little bit less of a drop, which is a little bit more doable than 80 and 90s to 65. So special teamers might have just a little bit more value at a bronze than, say, a free safety, as an example. Oh, yeah. Definitely. It definitely will. Interesting stuff here. That's why that's why I said to everybody, I wanted to have my draft board finalized by today. So guys had these next few days to really evaluate their team and test some things and have some time to work out the kinks on their team builds and everything. Um, and I wish every one of you luck <laughs> who have a team with any test you may put together. Because one thing's for sure, it, it's going to be interesting come Sunday to see where the draft goes. And Boston's got the keys to the draft right now. They got the first pick. There's so many guys, so many options. It's not like their first pick's going to completely change the course of the draft. But with only six quarterbacks, with only six running backs, if they pick one of those two positions, could it create fear in the other owners? Oh, I better get my guy and not be left with the last one. Because that's going to happen. One of these teams that have to pick a quarterback isn't going to pick the quarterback. He's going to get stuck with it. Now, I'm going to throw this advice out there because I want this to be put out there so guys know. Uh, and we'll go to you, Chris, since you're on the air. Let's just say you fail to pick your quarterback. 
and all the other five quarterbacks are off the board, you're automatically by default stuck with the sixth quarterback. But you, by rule, still have to pick him. Since you're stuck with him, my advice is you make him your last pick. That's what I'm saying. You might as well, that's what I'm saying. You might as well make him. That's what I'm saying. Like you, at this point, I would say make him the last pick. But this is where the complications is going to come in. See, let's say if that user player also has a second player, mm-hmm. that's where the complications is really going to come in. How? <laughs> because where that ends up being the second player that you that you either don't want or is at a position that you already addressed. That's what I'm saying. I'm That's where the complication is really going to come in. I'm saying, there's a, there's a quarterback on the board, and he's the last one. There's going to be the last quarterback on the board, and there's going to be a team that didn't select the quarterback. By rule, that quarterback is going to go to that team. That's all there is to it. I'm still trying to figure out how if that player has a second player, how it affects anything, because that doesn't affect anything in my book. He's automatically yours, and it, just, and it just becomes when you take him. Because, like I said, if he's left, yeah, you didn't I, take I, the quarterback. You here, here's, take what I'm think, here's what I'm thinking, Doug. Uh-huh. I think Chris is thinking if you draft that guy, one guy, you got to get his other player, too. That's not the no, case. That's what I'm saying. No, 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 no. That's not what we're doing. That's No, 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 no. You you do not have to draft both guys. All right. I'll give you an example. My son, Dwayne, has the quarterback and he has the corner. If you draft the quarterback, you don't automatically get his corner. His corner can go someone else. That's what, uh, you're not going to get both guys. They can. If you work it out where you draft both guys, that's fine. But if not, his his corner could be on one team and his quarterback could be on another team. Right. Yeah, that goes for all the guys that have two players. Their players oh, okay. Both their players aren't necessarily going to be on the same team, right. which I think – helps the league a little bit because they're going to be more interested in, you know, on different teams then because they'll watch this team because they're offensive player. They'll watch this team because they're defensive player. Now, our original thought our original thought was to allow a guy to have both players on the same team so he'd be engaged in the game on both sides of the ball. But mm-hmm. then we realized, like Ed just said, we realized the deeper issue might be get a guy involved in more than move, more than one team He'll be, in, you know, he'll be hype about more than one individual game, and he'll be in, he- heavily invested into multiple games. Now, that's okay. also why we're not doing team channels, because guys will be on multiple teams. Now, if an owner wants to create his own channel, which I know uh, Alan Drum has for the Carolina Pack, he has taken the opportunity to create that. He actually invited mm-hmm. me to it. Uh, that's your choice. You can create them channels, add the players to your channel if you so desire. Um, I'm all all good with creating team channels to talk up your team and to hype things and discuss things, but definitely not discussing playbooks and other little things because to me, you know, let's be honest. Even though I take a like Terry Stone, you're talking about Terry Stone. You know, let's just say you take his tight end and somebody else gets his safety, and Terry's highly invested more in his safety for whatever reason. He might share information you're talking about with the other team, and by rule, he has a right to share something that's put in the public. Now, it's not the full public, but if he's within the public of that individual channel. Now, it would suck and, quote-unquote, be shady, but you really can't yell at a guy for telling him the information that he shares it with somebody because that's just the nature of the beast. You'd hope it would be kept secret and be honest you know, and keep it within yourself. 
but it's honestly something we can't monitor as a whole, and we can't monitor it as, you know, staff, if you will, of the league. That's where the owners need to monitor what they're doing on their own channels, and if you use the information and post it, you take the risk of it being shared. So that's why the team channel is not something we're making and inviting people to. If you want to make the channel, you make the channel. You invite the people to the channel. You control it. You're in charge of it. You monitor it. You know, and that's just how that's going to work. But uh, yeah, that's what I said. Back, to, but to my back to my original statement. There's going to be a last quarterback on the board. There's going to be a last running back on the board, and they're going to by default go to the team that doesn't have a player at those positions. Now, we do know in the SFL, a team like the Sioux Falls Sparrows chose not to go with a running back, and this was brought up to me, and someone asked me, well, what if someone in the league chooses not to have a running back? Um, I didn't think about it. We only have eight teams, and we have enough players in the draft to where all the teams that don't have running backs can get one. But I did stay uh, with 14 star players. I can't see a team still not carrying a running back that way. They would at least make them a copper if they didn't want one at all. So, unfortunately... Since we had already accepted the guys, <laughs> all teams will have running backs one way or the other. But like I said, if you didn't pick your guy, you know he's yours. He's yours by default. You're going to get him. You have no choice but to take him. And you legally have to draft him. You have to make that pick official on the draft. So you might as well take him last and fill other needs because no one and, can take the board from you. He's yours. Yeah, I'm going to throw, throw this out there too. Our draft – it's going to be different than what they did in the SFL. When you draft in the SFL, you have to say the name, you know, position, what tier. Our draft, you don't have to tell us the tier yet. You will just draft your guy, then once you negotiate your contracts with him, then you will let us know what tier he is. So that's that, that's a little less headache on draft day for owners. Is go, oh my god, I'm going to draft this guy here. Oh my god, I'm going to draft this guy here. No. Just draft your guy the position you want. Then after the draft, you start negotiating. Right, and then because in the NFL they don't you know they don't have tiers, so you're not drafting a guy. And you know you don't see him saying, "Oh, I'm drafting this quarterback. He's going to be my gold. You know, he's going to be my superstar." They don't know that. Right. Right. So we're trying to get a little little more realism into it. So that's going to be. On you as owners to draft the guy you want and to convince him this is where he needs to be. Now, uh, since I have Davis on the air, I'm going to mention all this because then Davis might be able to give us an answer with this. When the draft goes live Sunday at 8 Eastern Standard Time, or <laughs> Alan Drum will say Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be live here on TalkShoe. Now, some people have an issue with TalkShoe. So what I'm asking is if, Davis, I'm sure you're going to be joining us because you own a team and you're going to be making picks. So my thing is, do you have the capability of taking what we're talking about here live on TalkShoe, turning it into, uh, say, speakerphone or uh, turn the volume up on your speakers or whatever, and then be able to go live on, say, YouTube, and your YouTube channel could pick up what we're saying on TalkShoe, just in case we have people who can't hear TalkShoe for some reason, 
and can tune in to your YouTube live stream to hear the draft. If it's yes. something you're unsure of, we can definitely give it a test. I can do a yes. test, test show and run yes. a test and do it that way. Yes, um, it can do that. It, it, it can do that, but the thing is that we, have, for me in this case, I'm hoping that for what happened just now with um with a talk show, hopefully it won't happen again because for some reason it just it just cannot work today. But um, if if it works like any other time, to where we can hear um everything you're saying uh through the the desktop, then yeah, everything should be fine. Because I'm not really sure. I want to boot the speakers or anything like that. Hopefully. Because uh, I and here's the bad part. And I'm going to put this out here now. It's going to be eight o'clock on a Sunday. I have a wife and two kids here at home. Um, so there's a strong possibility that when we're on the air trying to do the show live, we might end up hearing kids in the background or the wife talking or the wife yelling at the children. Uh, and if she plans on watching TV. Uh, then that kind of gets in the way with me doing this draft the way I want. There will be a lot of quote-unquote dead air on the draft because we're going to just be waiting for people to get their picks in. Uh, the way you're going to send your picks in is you're going to send them to me through our Slack. That's how I want uh, you guys to send me the information. You're going to message me on Slack and say this is who I'm picking, and then I'm going to go on the air and I'm going to say, Boston Liberty's got the number one pick, and Boston Liberty selects out of, and I'll mention his college to give it that real feel. Uh, so we'll just take the first, you know, if you look at the draft board, the very first player on the draft board through the through the list is uh, Alex Dar. So we'll just say that's who they picked. And we'll say the uh, Boston Liberty select out of Florida State quarterback Alex Dar. I will then go into my Weebly account, and I will be removing Alex Dar from the draft board page. So every time a pick is made, when I say so-and-so's on the clock, then you can refresh your big board that's on there because now that player's gone. I won't tell the next team they're on the clock until I remove that guy so they can now see a clean, updated board. Now back to what Ed was saying. Once the draft is over, uh, I have to set a date to when they're due, and I'm going to try and figure that out. And I'm trying to give guys a fair enough time to put their stuff together. But I'm going to pick the date – that's when you then submit to me your official team build. Now, right now you're just picking your players. Then you're going to put your team together and say, okay, now these are the players I selected. Figure out what tier you're going to put them. Now, obviously, if we have a seven-round draft, and we'll use a team like uh, Baltimore. They have four players on their team already from their owner and their coach. If they draft seven guys, that puts them at 11 players. So TJ is going to have to create three players of his choosing at three other positions. But when he sends that build to me, he still has to include all six abilities for those players, but let me know of those six abilities, which ones are going to actually be used on the player. So when the season is over, if he signs them all to, say, a one-year deal, those players become free agents to where someone like such as yourself, then, Chris, can sign in free agency next year, which is a whole new topic which we can get into. But... Again, all players in this league have six abilities, as you see on the board, that will follow their career. Each season, you may change their abilities as long as their contract is changed. So if you get an Alex Dar on your team to a one-year deal, you can pick any of his abilities. 
when that one-year deal is up and you re-sign him to a new one-year deal, you can completely revamp his abilities. If you sign him to a two-season deal, the ability stayed the same for the two seasons. All right. It's pretty easy for people to understand. And those who can't quite get it yet, message me. We can have a personal talk about it, and I can go through it with you and what have you. But uh, you're going to have to fill in your, your voids. You're not going to draft an entire 14-man team in this draft at this point. We don't have enough people. The fact that we're even getting into seven rounds makes me very happy because Ed will tell you, I told him I hope we can have at least a three-round draft. That was my goal, a three-round draft. We're more than double, yep. so I'm ecstatic. Seven rounds is where we're at, seven rounds. Uh, we're two guys short, so if – But we're doing a seven-round draft? Jeez, you went up fast. We went from a three to a four to a what, five to now a seven? Sheesh. We're at a seven-round draft because we have 54 guys on the board. Let's just say we get no more applications in the rest of the day. That's 54 players. That means the last two teams in the draft that are the Cobras and the Stallions, they won't have a seventh-round pick because there's not enough teams, uh, players left. The only way they'd get a guy is if somebody within the round ahead of them forfeits, which is unfortunate, but it's what we've signed up for. It's what guys are aware of could happen. And I've already talked to the teams that are in the bottom half of the draft, and they seem to be pretty cool with it. You know, it is what it is. They're not sweating it. Uh, the positive of it is, that's just one more player you get to personally create precisely to the build you're looking for, which could be a plus. And that's also a strategy guys need to go into this draft with. If you want a wide receiver at a precise build, don't pick one. Let the other guys grab them so you can make him precisely the way you want. Same with corners, safeties, whatever the case may be. It's all part of the strategy that's going into this draft. Now, some guys might have the build you're looking for. Pick him up. Give him the guy, that, that human player opportunity on your team. But if there's a build there that you don't like, don't pick that position. Unless it falls in your lap, then you have no choice. But try to avoid it. That's where I'm very, you know, interested in what strategy guys use coming into this draft. Because, you know, we all just talk. There's some builds that's kind of like, eh. Then there's other builds that's like, okay, there's the stud. These are the cream of the crop guys. So it's all a matter of what a particular owner feels. So just for that quick recap, you're selecting the player, letting me know his name. That's it. And I'll then make the announcement. I'll remove him from the draft board. I will update it, and then I will announce the next team is on the board. At some point after the draft, I will give everybody the deadline to submit their teams. That's the day you submit everything. It will include everything. So if you are familiar with the old spreadsheets, it will have the player's name, his height, his weight, his abilities, his skin tone, his equipment, what legend face he's going to use, his body size, his you know muscles, is he ripped, is he whatever. All these things will be sent to me. If you don't have this information, don't have a spreadsheet, can't use a spreadsheet because you don't have Excel or all those other options and need to do it manually on paper, I don't care how you send it. But if you need help, get ahead of a hold of me. I'll make sure you know how to do it, and, and we'll take it from there. You know, it's pretty pretty easy. If you have the game, it's real easy when it, when it comes to figuring out what you want to have your players look like. Uh, I have to confirm with Destro. I know somebody had told me before, some players have to have a generic face. You can't put all legend faces. I don't know how true or untrue that is, and Destro's still been a big help every step of the way for me learning this uh, learning this editor. And there's still a few things that I need to confirm with him. And 
I'll get in touch with him on that. But uh, you know, and and that's it. Then, as I said, then that's when you're going to have your build set up, and you have to make sure your build is under the 120 million dollar cap. And it's going to be there. You go. And then at that point, I will then begin to plug everybody's team into the editor, get it saved, uh, make sure Davis gets this thing because he's running, running, running the streams uh, and do the games. Uh, I'm working on getting my own uh, capture card. If I get my own capture card and I can do it because we're getting into the summer, if my kids will be here and be quiet or I have to do the game in the middle of the night when everybody's in bed, uh, I might take a shot at doing commentary myself. And that would be rather interesting because I'm not going to be uh, the perfect commentary guy like a Cameron Irvine, and I'm sure as hell not going to be like the garbage truck backing up like Destro said he would be, but I'd probably be a cross between the two of them. There would be some colorful language, but not too too, too much. <laughs> so, I might, I'm, like I said, I might give that a, give that a shot. Uh, also, to touch on the feed, if I can do it, I know I can go live on YouTube myself through my uh, – camera. I could take my camera and just have it pointed at a blank wall or something because I'm not putting my ugly mug on the TV all night. Um, Like I said, if it's going to be quiet on my end, I could go on live myself through YouTube and make the announcements of the draft that way. You know, and here's the other thing I'm going to bring to you, Chris, and it's something you and I can discuss. I could have guys present the information to me, not even go on talk show and then give you the information for you to announce it on your YouTube when you be live. So you can just announce who the picks are yourself for us. You know? right. So that's something you and I can get in a conversation with later if it's something even worth doing. And All right. I, know, I, know you're, I mean, you're, you're a bachelor, and you're, you have nothing to worry about but you, and it's pretty quiet where you're at pretty much most of the time. And I know you don't have to worry about a wife yelling at you or a kid screaming in the background. <laughs> Well, trust me, I will have to worry about people screaming me in the background, but that's mainly like at night time, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out what's going to be the best option to run the draft and air the draft, and it's something I want to try and figure out um, before Friday, how we're going to do it, where guys are going to go, and then we'll start plugging away and advertising it. But we have options, and like I said, there's things we want to test, and we can test them. Uh, the only thing I'm, like I said, I'm nervous about is any noise over here. And the last thing I'm going to do is have too much noise, and we have an unprofessional style of draft. But such is the life of being a parent and being an adult, and, you know, it is what it is. So, we'll, like I said, we'll figure it all out, get it out there. But uh, tonight's the night to put in your applications. So if you know somebody that you would want to get involved, tell them, you know, this is it. Uh, I know TJ's told me we need to accept applications of players who join after the draft. I'm on the fence with that because all his points are very valid, and I can't disagree with anything he has said to me. Um, I'm also looking, you know, at realism, and you don't just accept players later. <laughs> I mean, there's guys that sign off the street, so that's kind of realistic, and that kind of be what that would be. Uh, I definitely don't want to turn people away, and then they're like, oh, well, they didn't accept me. Now, what the hell with that league? I don't want that to happen, so it's something I'm going to talk to everybody about individually. As a whole, we'll come up with a decision on that, but right now I'm worried about the guys who've said, you know what, I want to join this league. I want to give the IFL a chance. I want to see what they're going to do, what they're going to be made of, 
Because one thing's for sure, they can see the unity we all have, how we discuss things, how we work on things, how everybody has a voice around here, how we're doing everything we can to enjoy what we have, how we're doing everything we can to honor the competition and talk them up and give them their respect because it's deserved and it's warranted. Um, we're not trying to be that competition and be the, the bitter enemy. You know, If you want to be here and there, go with it. You're not being told you can have one or the other. You know, that's just the way it goes. I, I know some people have been down that road, and I know Ed's a little agitated with some things, and he's ready to create his own podcast where he's going to turn into that animal that he can become. And I've, so far, I've pulled him back on that leash a little bit, but that goddamn leash is getting yanked out of my hand more and more every day, and I'm only so strong. Uh, <laughs> but... Yeah. You know, they they don't want that. They they don't want that side of it. They they don't. But <laughs> like I said, I'm just getting tired of the bullshit. I preach the peace, ladies and gentlemen. I preach the peace. This is a game, and we're having fun. And our dress right around the corner. And I hope everybody's you know enjoyed listening to the picks options and enjoyed breaking down some players and some builds. I hope everybody's pretty sure how the draft's going to go. Uh. And that's going to be the fun part. Like, it was brought up first. Pick your players. And then once the players are picked, we're definitely going to have a podcast where it's going to say, okay, we're going to go team by team. We're going to discuss who they've picked. And then we're going to guess where we think they might be cheering them up and where they might be putting them. You know, oh, well, I think he's going to be a gold. Okay, how many abilities are they going to put on him? What do you think? You know, we're going to have fun with that, you know, because we're going to have a few days. And then, like I said, once that happens – and it's all submitted, then it's up to me to put in the work and get it done. Uh, like I said, in my talks with Destro, he told me that it's very easy. It's just so time-consuming. Um, and I'm going to have to put the time in to do that. And then guys have their non-star players, their non, you know, where you can rename all your backups and everything else. Uh, the more in-detail people get with their teams, the longer it will take. But I'm okay with that because I want everybody to have their team their way. So I'm just letting you guys know that when you submit your teams to me, the more detail you have on equipment, the more detail you have on anything, the longer it will take me to plug everything in and it will stall the uh, process. And then that's when I get it done. I will then get it done, and then that's when I will make the announcement. We will have such and such preseason games at such and such date. And then you know the start of the season is right there because it will follow it up. Uh, we, we all still have to discuss if we want to do one or two preseason games. One will happen if we want to do a second. I kind of don't because I'd rather get into the season. But is the second one needed since we have 14 star players and these owners can get a better feel for what's going on? So something we can discuss. But uh, I'm giving you to this goal, set goal. This is my set goal right now. My set goal is to be ready by May the 16th to start. That's my set goal, May 16th, to be week one, if not sooner. That's my goal. I don't know if everybody's good good with that or not, or would you rather see if we can hopefully get to it sooner? What do you think? I'm fine with the 16th. Wait, 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 the 16th as in from when are you going to start? As in May 16th. That's my set goal right now to be week one of our season, May 16th. Uh, that weekend, and it could be I'd have the, no problem with it. it could be the fourteenth because uh, 
Optimus Prime has made it very clear to me, Fridays would be his best day to call games, which I believe would make that the 14th. Um, and I've already mentioned this to you, Chris, and I'll put this out here in the air. Uh, if he can only do games on Friday, then he can have his game on Friday, and then uh, Chris was going to run the other streams. So there would be four games. Optimus would call one. That puts three in Chris's lap if I don't have a capture card, if I can't do one myself. Uh, those other three games would then be run uh, somewhere within that two- to three-day window. So it would be Friday, Saturday, Sunday would pretty much be the days of our games. Uh, and that's all going to come up to Chris's schedule. Chris will be in charge of making those decisions because I have to put it in his schedule. I can't say this is what it's going to be and force him to do it. He knows his schedule. He's the one that's stepping to the plate, and I'm the one that's going to let him set that up. Can you, he run a stream Friday? before Optimus calls a game or after Optimus calls his game and then do two on, say, Saturday? Or will he run one on Saturday and then two on Sunday? Will he run all three on Sunday? My really, hope is- at the time, really, really at the time, I planned on doing, like, Tuesday and Wednesday at best. I mean, right. and that's just no, four I games. I was just using those as examples. But, yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I want to do, kind of keep everything within the window because the problem with it Here's where the problem lies because we got to work around everybody's schedule, and that's going to be submitting playbook changes. If we did Tuesday, Wednesday, and then games on Friday, guys have to make sure they have their playbook changes in before the game on Tuesday. Um, and that puts me in a bind where I have to make sure I get the time out to put them all in. So with a Tuesday, Wednesday stretch to Friday window, my honest hope would be that – the three games, assuming all three games are in your lap, that all those okay. games would be would be run Wednesday and Friday, and leave Tuesday okay. out of the equation. Okay, well, I'm about to say I was thinking, well, if we're gonna have one on Friday, I was thinking, or then how about Thursday, if by any chance? Right, like I said, I mean, your, your schedule, so you'd have to figure that out, and then just let us know. So okay, if I, if I can get the. Uh, if I can get the capture card and get everything worked out, unfortunately for me, Wednesday and Thursday nights are my most busy because that's where I'm just the worst with time and have too much to do. And remember, I work third shift. Uh, and I also will let guys know if I run games and do games, my games will be during the day or early. Yeah, day. yeah I mean, uh, like, I don't mind doing weekends, honestly. I mean, I, honestly, I don't mind having to do as what Optimus uh, has it on, which is Friday, Friday, and then there'll be Saturdays. I have no problem doing weekends at all. Really, it all depends on if it isn't. I mean, you did say it's up to me with the streaming, but, but the thing is that I don't want the streaming to interfere with everyone else's playbook, Tom. That's what I'm saying. Right. And, as so, I said to you, and as I said to you, if you can run it and record it and we air it later, then that's what we do. Like, if you have to run it on a Wednesday, but we don't air it till Friday, well, then so be it. That I don't mind doing. We're, we're, we, we were used to that with the SFL and how it runs, and it ran smoothly. Everybody worked. You know, it was a good it was a good scenario for everyone, and, you know, there was never any issues with it. So, you know, if we got to go that route ourselves, you know, no no big deal on my end. I don't think anybody else has an issue with that. Like I said, we just want to get the right schedule together because I don't want to have games too stretched apart, because, again, like you said, with the playbooks there, I want to make sure guys have the, have the time to do it. That's why I said if we did Wednesday and Friday, 
I would honestly say playbooks would have to be in by Monday. So that way I can use what little bit of Monday time I got, and I'm off Tuesdays. I can plug in the playbooks, and then we're ready to go for Wednesday. So that's, like I said, we'll get it all figured out. And you'll have to give us an update because I know you've been working with Optimus on how to get him squared away. Uh, I think I've potentially found a, a breakthrough with what's going on with the commentary. Um, I think I found it to where I'm using a program called OBS Studio where um, I can not only link my uh, capture card to it, but where I think it will really work when I call Optimus, like say on Slack or call him on Skype, where the where it will pick up his voice and it would work from there. Yeah. I'm hoping that it works. I'm hoping that it works. I'm not I'm not like one hundred percent sure, but that's why that's why I'm hoping to do some tests with Optimus, like say uh, you said Friday is in his best time. Really I think uh I think it will be around either this time, 8 o'clock tonight, or even Friday. Because I'm not really too sure if this works or not. Yeah. But I'm hoping that at the very least that it does work because then it saves me a lot of trouble. It saves him a lot of trouble because he doesn't have a, a an Xbox. He has a PS3 as well. There we go. Like I said, we'll figure it out. Well, you guys will figure it out. Uh, and we'll know exactly what we're doing shortly. That's another reason why I had stated that the 16th would be my current set date. This way it gives us plenty of time to get everything worked out and figure out all the kinks and things like that. Sounds like a plan. So, I mean, I think I think we're going to be good. That's all I can say. I think we're going to be good. Um, everything is very positive right now. Everything is working out. Uh, we're so much further along now than I thought we would have been at this point. I mean, like I said, I was hoping with eight teams, eight teams, I was hoping to have a three-round draft. And we're going to have a seven. That's done. We are having a seven-round draft. Can you Can you believe this? And owners, in that seven rounds, please, please have your boards ready. Because uh, I'm pretty sure there's players and owners. I'm sure there's players and owners that don't want to be on the air till two o'clock in the morning doing a draft. You know? I got no choice. But this is because this is a crazy shock to me. I mean, I didn't even think it was gonna go sudden. I mean, honestly, if you want to put it like this. <laughs> I don't think my board is even finished. <laughs> that's how that's how stunned I am with the fact that we're going seven that fast. Right. So, I mean, that's the goal. Just just have your your board ready. Um, and Ed, uh, you and I talked. We said each guy should be able to pick their player within five minutes or less. Remember that? Yep. That turns out to be forty minutes around. 40 minutes around, which turns out to be 280 total minutes. So for those of you who do not have quick math, that is four hours and 40 minutes. That is four hours and 40 minutes, which means this draft, 
would go from eight o'clock till twenty four. Yeah. Which is absurd. Absolutely absurd. It is. If you look at it this way, uh-huh. we've been in how many fantasy football drafts that have taken four or five hours? Right. But those are normally on a Friday and or Saturday where you have the next I day. Have not been in any, I have not been in any day of taking this long, honestly. So uh, this is probably going to be my first. <laughs> so uh, it was brought up to me this, and I don't want to do it, but I'm bringing it up now, and I want the discussion of this to happen now. Because I work Saturday night. So Saturday night is not going to be an option. So it was brought to me, what if we took the draft and broke it into two nights? I don't want to do the draft during the actual week. Doing it on a Sunday is kind of eh, enough. If all the coaches and owners are ready, and they want to break this up into two nights, I'm okay with doing the first two to three rounds Friday night, and then the rest of it Sunday night. But it would be this Friday. That means 48 hours from now, basically, to do it that way. I'm not talking about it. And that's why I'm, I mention it now, and I'm throwing it out there, just in case guys don't want to be on the on the draft too long. Um, so with that being said, get on Slack. Discuss it. If you would rather me go on the Slack first and create the poll, I can create the poll and we can get some reaction. And honestly yeah, – the only that. reaction I need is owners because they're the ones doing the picking. It sounds mean and it sounds, you know, heartless, but players, I, I, I can't control the draft around whether or not you're able to attend or not because I need them to have the owners make the selections, not the players. Right. I hope people understand that. <laughs> so I'm just throwing that out there. Uh, and, Ed, I'm throwing it out there. I mean, what's your thoughts on that? I'm cool with it. I wouldn't have, I mean, because, you know, most professional drafts now are a couple days long. You know, they have the first round one day, and then they have the next round, and they have, so if if that's what everybody's more comfortable with and they want to do, you know, first three one night and then the next one, you know, or first four and then then three, however you want to, however they want to do it, yeah. That's what I'm saying, like, you got to look at it from the NFL perspective. I mean, I think last I don't I don't think if it was last year or 2 years ago something like that. They had it where the whole first night was just the first rounders and then day 2 and day 3 it was just right and everything else. Yep. Yeah, they did they did round 1 Thursday. Great. Friday was round 2 and 3 and then Saturday Great. was the Now I remember the days where I woke up and turned on the draft at noon on Saturday. And I watched the TV until everything was made that particular day. I missed that day. I missed draft day. It's now turned into draft half week, and it drives me nuts. Yep. But uh, in that case, these are guys sitting down making millions of dollars and and living a life of luxury where we're just a bunch of poor saps and trying to enjoy a hobby. So breaking it down for us makes perfect sense if that's what guys need to do. Exactly. So, uh, Again, like I said, I have owners who will make a decision. I'm, I'm, and, and like I said, I'm always talking about letting everybody have a voice. Everybody's going to have a voice, complete their arguments if they need to, but I'm going to refer to my owners in this league first. I need to get a hold of all eight of them and ask them, are you ready by Friday? Because if you are, we can do the draft Friday, and then we'll do the draft Sunday. 
and Saturday will be the day that you can now continue to study your board. Because like I said, I would do it Saturday, Sunday, but I work Saturday night. I would possibly still do it on a Saturday, but it would take away completely any and all time I'd have with the family that evening because I also got to get ready and go, you know, and I don't have a vehicle at the moment, so I catch a bus, and I leave my house at 9.30 at night. So doing a draft Saturday night, you know, I don't want to take up everybody's entire weekend either. So, uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to – I'll definitely put a post up on this. And we'll go, of course, with the majority rules uh, and see what people think. But uh, it, it could be fun splitting it up. And then too bad I'm not off Saturday. We could do a freaking podcast <laughs> in between and say, hey. And who knows, maybe we can still do a podcast Saturday afternoon. In fact, that's what I'll do. I don't work Friday night, so I can do a Friday uh, Saturday afternoon podcast as long as it's quiet over here and get on the air and talk about the – the initial couple rounds and the initial couple picks and who's the best player available at each position on the board that's left and things of that nature. So that could be interesting. Yeah. Why not Why not go all out for the realism? Right. You know, like you said, we're, we want to have fun. We know this is a video game. But it seems like the whole community of the IFL also want the realism too. And it seems like we're all on the same page of trying to do everything we can to get that realism. So if they want to do two two days, I'm all for it. You know, if they want, if you want to have a podcast, we can talk about. It. As long as I don't have anything going, I'll be there. Because I know my cousin's son has a birthday party Saturday, so I'm not sure what time that is. But <sighs> yeah, well, I'm gonna put together a little poll. See what people think. Uh, there's no conversation of it in our chat right now. So uh, I'm going to put that up on Slack as soon as we get off here and see what guys think. I know I have a window with the owners, so I'm going to put it in there with them just to see what they think. So it's going to be a private window. So I'm going to put in there, I need their opinion today. So if they don't have yeah. an opinion of it today, then I almost have to ignore their opinion. And, and, and that's cool. That's cool, you know, that you're doing stuff with the owners and then uh, also doing stuff with the community. That way the community is there up on what's going on, but also the, the owners get that, you know, they're owners, so they should have their own their say, to you know. Right. You know, because I I don't I don't like saying bad things about the SFL, but this was one of the things that drove me nuts. And it's really not a bad thing. Not really saying about it. It's just saying they would. We would ask questions. You would have chose. Yeah. When you yeah. When you when they when you would ask questions, why didn't this be taken to the community? Oh no no, that was that's a league thing. Only the league needed. No. No no no. That's 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 not a that's why. Things got to where it was. That's why things happened. That's why we, when we got together, me, Doug, Chris Davis, and we talked to Kyle, you know, we said the community is going to know everything. Because if they don't, then there's going to be questions and there's going to be this. So we want them involved. We want everything known. That was one of the biggest things I didn't like about this. Other than that, I didn't, you know. They they have good product over there. They do their thing. It was you know, 
Right. So. And speaking of it, for those of you who are in here and have never heard of the SFL, and you like what we're doing here, and you want to see an, uh, an already established product, message me. I'll send you the link. Check them out. Give them a join. So, yeah. But, yeah, I like it. I like it. Um, typing up this message now. So that we know, and I uh, will keep people on the updates of what uh, we're discussing. Uh, I'll let everybody know what's being said and, and what have you. So I think this is going to be pretty cool. Right. Uh, I'm actually going to share the post on probably the everyday chat just to get some feedback. You know what? Well, I, I have to do this because it's just it's eating me. It's I just can't. I, I'm not going to go on a long tangent here. I'm just going to make a brief little statement, and I'm going to say this. Since we started this, you, me, Chris, other donors have got involved, people that are here, have constantly said, don't just check us out. Check out the SFL as well because they have good product. There's good people over there. But yet, people that are still over there are afraid that if they join us, because people have that have joined us, have been banned from over there. This completely drives me insane. I'm not going to ban. Doug's not going to ban. Chris, we're not going to ban anybody if you're over in the SFL and over here. Because if we look at it as far because a lot of us are wrestling fans, Vince McMahon killed wrestling because he bought out the competition. There wasn't something for, you know, you to watch something else, just this. We're not going to do that. We want you to be here. We want you to be there. But if the person that runs that place is banning people and won't let people make up their mind if they can be in both spots, what is the point of being there? And that's all I'm going to say about that because it, it, that drives me completely up the wall. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I'm, I'm trying not to lose my cool, as you can tell, because I don't want to be that guy because there's anybody that's done – E-Feds with us knows what happens when I get pissed off. So I'm not going to be that guy. I'm calmly just saying, if you are scared that you're going to get the ban hammer, walk away if that's what you need to do and come here because we're not going to do that. But I'm not telling you to leave there. I'm saying if you feel that, that that threat is so bad, you have a home here. But we want you to be there too. It's not like we're going to tell you, oh, you're choosing, because honestly that's what he's doing. He's making people choose, and I don't think that's fair. Well, selective choosing. Yes, because there are guys that yeah, I can. I'm I'm going to put that in the Go IFL. I'm I'm, I'm going to put that in the IFL. I want to know once we get off the air, I'll get online. I'll get on the IFL, and I want to know if you were banned from the SFL, why? And I'm going to because I, I want to see exactly what was going on. I won't speak for others, and I mean, I've been preaching on our our Slack. I don't want to talk about the SFL and bash the SFL because I have no desire to do that. But I will touch on what you're saying. I know for a fact we have members who joined our league and then were banned for it. I also know there are people who are in our league who joined our league and were not banned for it. So take away everything that went down with me on a personal level in the SFL that whole entire situation. Ignore the details. 
but understand what created the details. Was my statement of some people are put on a longer leash and you show favoritism. That was what started the drama, that statement with the personal level with me and Cam. Cam has been very adamant. He is not biased, and he shows no favoritism to anybody. And that was his argument. I then presented clear proof and evidence how he does it, and he still denies to this day that that's not clear proof and evidence, saying that I wasn't able to provide such information. Well, anyone with common sense knows that I did. So I then bring to you Exhibit B. We have members in the IFL who are in both leagues, and it's acceptable. And we have members in the IFL that got the band out. Same reason. That alone showed the favoritism. And I hope, and I hope that that can be fixed. I hope that that can be resolved because I've told many of people who've come to the IFL, I apologize that that's happened to you. And by all means, you don't have to be here. You can stay with the established product because I can't sit here and promise you a leak. We are only trying to put together in a league, and we're hoping that it works. That's right. We're not guaranteeing that it's going to work. Chris is helping me put this stuff together and doing a lot of work. He himself will back up those statements. We can't guarantee you this is going to work, but we're going to try our damnedest to make sure it works. Cam has the established product. So if there's a choice that has to be made, I'll tell you to go there because it's already there. Why would you risk being able to enjoy this? as adventure in this hobby by risking coming to a product that's not sure it can guarantee itself when they're still learning things and they're noobs to it and they're quite honestly morons to some things. Where this guy knows what the hell he's doing, has an established product, a glass A production, that's the direction you want to go. And I mentioned this at the top of the show. I'm going to send this message to Cameron Irvine right here, right now, on this air. And if you are in the IFL and you are still in the SFL, be sure to pass this message along to him. I am challenging you to join me one-on-one to join me on an episode of Inside the IFL where you and I can talk as gentlemen as to what went down. You got mad at me for the things I said. You ever, you everybody, and some people got mad at me for the things that went down in the chat. I have expressed my thoughts and opinions providing proof and solid evidence I have people who are in the IFL who back me and support me and show that they believe in me, but don't want to get too involved, keep it to their chest, and don't say anything out in the public, and I can respect that, though it is frustrating, and continue to ride and die in both leagues. But when you make the statement of your evidence, your proof, and what you provided is inaccurate and not true, and it's a stretch of the truth, I ask you, sir, how? Because no, no one that has talked to me can understand your thoughts. And I also want to know how we sit here on Inside the IFL and we'll give you praise of your product, give you this, give you that, where when you do your thing, there's little incognito shots taken at us all the time. And I saw it with the most recent podcast where they had Damon Simeon and Ronnie Nickens together with Andy Hamilton, and they were getting negatives on the window or the, the chat, and, and Andy makes the statement of, the IFL must be out in full force. I made a distinct statement to a particular member of the IFL who's still in the SFL. Why would he make that statement and take a shot at us without proof, without evidence, when that's something their own commissioner preaches that you need to have before you open your mouth? 
What do you mean? Was said to me. I then told him real simple. Look at that comment. I said, look at that comment. He looked at the comment. He said, okay. I said, okay. Now I ask you to do this. I hated people that did this to me. Uh, I swear to you, I hated people that did this to me. Well, let me finish. So I asked him to do the research. And he said, well, what do you need me to do? I said, go look at the chat. Look who's in the chat room. He looked in the chat room. I said, what do you see? What am I looking for? He was confused. I said, of everyone in that chat room, aside from myself, there's only two people in that chat room that are from the IFL. And of you and the other person, did either of you put a thumbs down on this video? Because I'll tell you right now, I know I didn't. I don't thumbs up or thumbs down the videos at all. It's just something I don't do. I think it's stupid. Uh, he said, no, I didn't do it. And I said, what about the other guy? And we knew who it was. He said, no, he wouldn't do that. I said, I agree. But this video has six, seven, eight thumbs downs, and the only other people in this room are SFLers. So you tell me who's putting down the thumbs. And he said, you have a point. And then that's when I had the statement was made to me that there's more than enough guys over there who – are adamantly against what happened to me on a personal level, but they stay because they respect the product and they respect one too many people who are involved in that league, and I respect that as a reason. But it's really depressing to me that guys have been forced to choose and it has happened. And Ed says he wants to go bring this up. I've already told Ed I prefer that he doesn't, but he has every right to do it himself. He's a grown man. He can make any decisions he wants, and that's all I'm saying. All I ask is why I was banned for what other people have done, and I proved that that's fact, why it still gets denied, and why are people being banned from your league for joining me? Why are people being banned from your league for showing support to me when others aren't? And that's not knocking to people who aren't. And and I'll I'll throw this out there. A couple of the people that got banned. Deserved it. I was okay with it. Because I know they were showing support, but at the same time, they were way off the deep end. Yeah, and, and like, there's a way to do right it, and there. there's a way not to do it. Right. Thomas Goodhart was one of them. He had the uh, fountain of uh, profanity, and just was an uh, you know, and really went way overboard. And yeah, I'd abandon him myself for that. Um, yeah, I would have done. <laughs> but there was others that you know, calmly posted things and put things in there, That's and as soon talking. as they did it. And it was boom, gone. Such as yourself? Yeah. All I did was I went into the Queen City chat and said, I'm probably going to be done after this. And I already talked to Barkley, who was the owner, said, I'm probably going to stick around for the season, if, if you know, and then, I'm do- and then I'm done after that. As soon as I post, I'm probably done after it. That was it. Okay. Gone. There was no question saying, hey, how long are you staying up? I, everything, all my shit was deleted, and I was banned. You informed Barkley. Now, let's repeat that, everybody. He informed Barkley he was going to leave after the season and stick around, which means Ed was sticking around to honor his contract and his activity to Mr. Barkley. And he was not even given that opportunity. He got banned. For what? For what? Ed has already yeah, jumped because... off the deep end. Ed has already gone after necks and throats in the SFL and had come back. And this whole thing that went down, he knows the truth. He's seen the truth. Him and I have had our conversation, but he kept it all to himself, did not speak out in the public, politely let Eric know what was going on in his own personal and, 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 and I'll say And I'll say this, and Eric even told me, 
He says, I'm surprised you're not walking away now. I said, no, I'm probably going to stick around. And like I said, I, I, and when I did post on uh, the channel, the Queen City, I didn't say one way or the other if I was staying the rest of the season or not. I just said, I'm probably done here soon, you know, after this. Have good luck the rest of the season, guys. And that's what I posted. And like I said, next thing I know, I got off of Slack. I said, I want to get back on and see if I got any response. I couldn't get back in. They had already banned me. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. It's crazy. And I can tell you right this without a shadow of a doubt. Only one guy could see that because it was a private channel. Mm-hmm. And that's Mr. Wonderful. Well, like I said, it's, it is what it is. And I'm hoping it all stops. I'm hoping it all ends. I'm hoping the drama goes away. I'm hoping and, fighting and the yeah, argument goes and, away. And and I want to mention this. I want to mention this. I found it funny. Real players, real coaches, real owners equals real football. The realism aspect hasn't been talked about over there forever. We present realism to its fullest over here. Now we're using the And now they're real. doing it. Um, and I want to wish them luck. I want to wish them lots of luck because they have taken slack and they're going to do away with it and go back to forums. Now, I, myself, am a fan of forums. I love what forums provide. I think it makes things a little cleaner, a little crisper to detail. Uh, but I know Slack was a thing everybody bought into and liked, so that's why I brought Slack to the IFL. Um, but when Cam took the pro boards away that I created, and for those of you who don't realize it or even want to deny it, pro boards was my creation was my idea that I presented to him, and he said, okay, if you think it'll work, go for it. I don't think it'll work. It worked very well to the point that Cam was so excited with it and so happy with it, he wanted to find a better outlet. He went and went down Slack. I was against it because I didn't like what Slack didn't do that the pro boards did do. Now, ironically enough, everything that I preached about is now why he wants to go to pro boards, which is cool. And like I said, I hope it works out for him. I hope it really does because I really like forums. Uh, I really like the idea of what forums bring to you. Um, but this members joining the the board that he's doing in waves is kind of weird. Uh, SimulationFL.jcinc.net is their forum if you guys want to check it out. Uh, it looks pretty, uh, I like the way the link. I like the way it looks. Uh, it looks. It's pretty clean. Um, pretty pretty solid looking forum. Uh, I'm actually looking at it right now. I like how the team score, scoreboards scroll across the top of the shout box. It's pretty neat. Uh, the Simulation Football League official website. It's really bold and in your face and all the logos. I mean, that's really solid. Um, it's pretty pretty good look. I, I really like it. it. I mean, it's it's all right there. You know, and they have the announcements, applications. SFL job openings, the league website, all in the league offices, and the game night. You got the game night discussion, the YouTube channel. That's all solid. Uh, even the avatar that's next to the uh, windows, they're either in black and white or in color, clearly if it's gotten uh, recent activity or not, so you know where to go. You know, just like when you're on Slack, you get the little numbers to the side. Oh, this has been active or it goes in bold. You get the little number if you've been tagged or it's bold if there's comments. You know, this is the same concept. You know, they have the player management. They got the others board, board statistics and all this stuff. Uh, like I said, it's a pretty solid site that they got going on over there. And I'm hoping going to the boards 
saves a lot of the things that are in the fear of that right now because they preach in security. Um, I preached the security from the beginning. I can't remember the name of the guy who applied for ownership, and I wish I could. Oh, that was that That was that dude that went nuts. I can't remember yeah, either. He, he went nuts on the forum. He just he went crazy. All kinds of different names and all kinds of different everything. And yes. one of the things I used as my argument to him when he wanted I remember to that. Slack, I can't monitor this stuff, and neither can you because he'd be in charge of Slack because I don't think it has an IP tracker. Forums do. Forums do. Um, oh, I do want to mention they have the scoreboard tracker that scrolls across. I will recommend they separate it a little bit because it's all blended together. You see a logo, a score, a logo, a score, final, a logo, a score, a logo, a score, final. You might want to separate individual games just a tad bit. And that'll help. That's what I'm trying to I like their boards, and I hope it works. I really that's do. Actually, boards are a solid thing. Doug, I'm sorry to interrupt, but that's actually what I'm trying to do. Um, I think I told you about it, but I'm pretty sure telling everybody else about it. Is that that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to put that, like, in the game so then that way you can get – like updates for, like say if it's like say like a four o'clock game or something like that, then I'll have the ticker below. I can't have it on there if it's like say a one o'clock game, yeah, but if it's like a four o'clock game or even a night game for when um, what's name is commentating for when Optimus commentating, I could just have the ticker down there and put up all the scores and stuff. I don't know about the stats right now. Like say it will not only show the score, but it will show the stats for who did what, how many yards or whatever, such and such, but. And to touch and on what least, saying, that's what I'm trying to do. And to touch on what Chris is saying, which is IFL oriented, which is where we need to try and get this show back to, uh, he's full of a bunch of ideas that he's trying to present to the table, if you will, to uh, make our aired commentary games that much more important. Uh, we were just going to go with the basic uh, layout of the video game. Chris is trying to come up with uh, an overlay, as I'll call it, to have our own scoreboard involved with tickers and everything else going on during our uh, live games. Uh, there's no guarantee on anything because he's learning how to do it pretty much as we speak, uh, but proper steps are being made. So, uh, but yeah, just to, just to do a quick recap on everything we've just discussed, because uh, like I said, I want to kind of put everything and nip it in the bud as the, the old cliche saying goes and get it over with. The IFL's doors are open. They're open. Cameron Irvine, if you would like to create a player, our doors are open to you. Uh, anyone is welcome. You know, I don't care who they are. Our doors are open to everybody. Uh, things happen. There's always a difference of an opinion on anything in life. Uh, me and my wife disagree on a lot of things. I'm not going to look at her and go, Banhammer. You know, just just not going to happen. You know, and, and I don't know how many things you go through in life where you might say or do something and people disagree with you. If your initial reaction when someone says something about yourself that you don't like or you disagree with is to do away with them altogether, you have problems in your head. You know, you need to not fear confrontation because avoiding confrontation and whatever just leads to more problems in your personal life. And it might be why some people have the issues that they do, why they call into their show games and cry at, you know, at post-game because they're so stressed. Uh, I personally wish things weren't like that for people, and I certainly hope what was going on in his life at that time has been corrected and fixed. Uh, it seems to be. I mean, he's 
doing these things. And I'm very jealous that he works with uh, that Texas, whatever the hell it's called, just because of Tim Brown. Revolution. Who's a, yeah, that, Aren't they the Revolution? Tim Brown, who's a Raider, who's a Raider, is a general manager for that team. So uh, to me, I would assume that he would have met him by now and would assume Tim Brown would have had some kind of say-so in his hiring or lack thereof. Uh, so, I mean, I, that to me, that makes me extremely jealous. But uh, end of the day, our, like I said, our doors are open to everybody. And quite frankly, I'm hoping the day comes to where the SFL and the IFL can be a unit, work together to promote one another. You know, and kind of like how the uh, NFL and the UFL and all those other leagues and the USFL is what I want to say. Uh, were at different seasons, but they were competitors. Well, if we came together as one, we could run our games in the SFL's off seasons. The SFL could run their season in our off seasons, and we can promote each other during our seasons. And remember, when our season's over, you can still continue to enjoy this great game we love by being a part of the yada yada, whichever one's talking about, and help promote each other. Hell, we've promoted the SFL here on this air numerous times, and I have done it again right here during this podcast. We have had little, oh wait, the word none, positivity presented to us from the competition. And I don't even deem it competition because I've stated before we're not trying to compete because if we did, I just don't think we'd be on that level because they have the Class A product, and we're just not going to be on that level right away because we have too much learning to do. They've already done their due diligence, and their road has been paved up a mountain. Uh, so, yeah. Huh? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what are you laughing at? <laughs> what are you laughing at? I'm sorry. I, I just, yeah, never mind. That's just, okay. wow. Uh, well, just keeping it 100 here. Well, he did make that statement, so I can't. Yeah. Yeah. I used his own words, and I'm not going to argue with him because they make sense to me. So I'm going to give him credit where to do. Well, you got to throw that last part in there then because the last part's what got me. Oh, it's not muddy? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, our path is not muddy, which was the shot at us. I'm not sweating that. I didn't even want to bring it up because it doesn't need to be brought up. Well, you know, that's where that's where uh, you and I differ just a little bit because, I mean, you you have you have said said it, but it, it, it irks me that they can make little shots and do little things and do this and nobody says anything. But I'm sure anything that we've said here, whether, you know, it was pos- all positive or not, they're still going to twist it and say, oh, oh look, it's all ne- that's negative and they're just taking this and this and that. That's well, what that. has Take got what me nuts. Said. Take what you just said. We've had how many comments that were positive, and we had comments that, quote-unquote, were negative, but those negative comments aren't shots. It's the reality of the situation. Those are things that are happening. So it's not taking a shot. But, yes, speaking the truth that how negative it may reflect on them, we'll be told we're taking a shot. You know, and it's like, what? And, And that's why, I, you know, the only thing I can send is we're not insulting you. We're describing you. That's what we're doing because it's the truth, you know, and that's the one that's the difference. You know, we got accused of thumbing down a video. I was I was in there with two owners from the uh, IFL. We were the only three guys in there that came from the IFL. So if you were getting a thumbs down from the IFL who's here in force, 
It was me and two guys that are owning teams in our league that did it. But those two guys who own teams in the IFL, the reason why they were in the SFL is because they're part of that league as well. So if they're thumbing you down, then that uh, that tells you a lot to begin with too. If they're thumbing you down, what the hell, you know? It it just irritated me. You know, it did. Because we're we're that shallow, we're that negative. Now, I know some people are conspiracy theorists. I've had it said to me by two sources now. They think that the SFL is thumbing down their own shit, which makes no sense to me, just so they can say we're doing it. I think that's ludicrous. That that's totally absurd, but I'm just throwing that out there. That they're doing it themselves just so they can say we're being jerks and try to make us look bad. See how shallow and petty they can be? They're thumbing us down for absolutely no reason. And then talk shit. <laughs> well, when you looked at the t- the chat window, there was only SFL guys in there, really. So, you tell me. I have no idea. I don't buy it. And, I, and I, I'm going to say right now, I apologize that we got all on this because it was my fault. But I, I just, I'm sorry. I just can't, you know, I, I can't deal. I, I can't deal with the shit. I, I can't deal with the fact of the crap he puts on Facebook. I'm, I'm uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting to the point. I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm ready. I'm ready to have my own podcast. I don't care if anybody's on there with me or not. And I'm going off. Yeah. And Ed will tell you, I've been very adamant about not getting into these conversations because I know the common consensus is going to be from most people. Here they are, back on this dead horse, beating it again, and they won't shut up, this, that, and the other, whatever, whatever, whatever. But at the same token, when the other league does it, nothing gets said. Because we're willing to speak it with our mouths, not in text, in a window that doesn't get saved. And that's the thing that irritates me. Because like I said, they'll take their shots on YouTube chat windows that if you don't see it at that moment, you didn't know it happened. And then they can easily deny it later. They never said it. And you really don't have no proof of it. And a screenshot means absolutely jack shit because you can edit it. Live and on the air with a voice. Gotcha. You know, and like I said, the man showed favoritism, and the man has been biased to his members. Completely eliminating me from the equation, it's still been proven. Because we have guys who've been banned and guys who haven't been banned for supporting me. We have guys who've been banned and have not been banned for joining the IFL. That alone proves everything I've ever said that started the drama between me and him. And it cannot be denied yet again. If you think I'm bullshitting you, go look around the IFL and find the guys who you see are there and they're no longer in the SFL and ask them yourself. That's all I can say. Ask them yourself. Now, I know Ed's already wanting to try to go post this, that, and see what kind of responses he gets. And I'd prefer that not to be brought on our forum. But, again, I can't control what the man does, and he's entitled to what he wants to do. Now, of course, the saying is, you could go in there and delete it. That makes me shallow. That makes me shallow. DW6 killer today on Slack, on the SFL, posted he can't stand the, stand the place no more because it's become a shell of itself. Uh, I'm not sure the exact uh, way it was worded, but he let me know what he posted. And I told him I appreciate the support, but he didn't have to do that. He challenged them. He challenged them not to delete his comments by saying, 
And, of course, this will get deleted, blah, 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 blah. Sure enough, it got deleted. The freaking gauntlet was laid down for you to step up and take the challenge and allow a comment to be posted that is negative. Let people draw their own opinion and their own conclusion to a comment you may disagree with. But instead, you delete it. I don't know if he got banned or not, but you delete it. And and to me, it just made me laugh. It was like, wow. You couldn't just leave it there and let him have his opinion out there? You're God now. You can control people's thoughts and opinions, and that's why I bring it up. What's what's crazy about that is... I don't want to do people's comments. All all of us are... all, All of us are... A lot of you know, most of us on here are are sports fans, and I'm sure at one time or another, all of us have gone on to NFL, NBA, wrestling, whatever, got on their sites, and we posted negative comments towards this or that. But, they don't delete those. No, I mean you. They leave them up. I've been very against the WWE product for I don't know how long, and I've gone on there. Uh, pages and stuff that they post about things and I just say I'm not a fan of this product anymore I think it sucks and just speaking my mm-hmm. mind and it never gets deleted nope. because they realize negativity can bring more negativity or the best part of it the positivity because there's and here's the thing as much as I'm against the WWE product there's two people who are for it because you know we're outnumbered those of us who are against it we're outnumbered so they leave that so the support can be shown and that's where the SFL would have been smart by leaving a DW6 killer comment because, quite frankly, most of the people who are in his boat and support me and support my my stance and his personal stance are already here. By leaving it, you would have just had the outpouring of affection for the SFL, and it would have made him look good. But the fear of people agreeing or more people stepping up was just so overwhelming, they had to delete it. And it's like, what the hell? Just leave it, you know. And and, and you know, and I told Six Killer himself. I said, in a way, it kind of makes you look shallow too, brother. I said, I have to admit it. I said, and just like right now, what we're doing, it makes us look shallow. It makes us look stupid and weak and pathetic. But we know this. That's why we've been. I'm all right with that. We've been trying to avoid this. And I didn't want to get into but, this. But my my thing is this: if anybody knows me, I got big shoulders. So I'm willing to take the weight. It doesn't. It doesn't bother me. It, it's just the point that I'm. We're trying to make is we have done. Maybe in the beginning we might have took a shot here or there. I'm not gonna lie about that. But we have not since. For we have every podcast we've had so far. Every show. Praise, praise, praise. Go over here. Go this, this until today, because I've had enough. Well, I've had enough. Like I said, you're not taking a shot if what you're speaking is true. You know, it's not talking trash. I just, I, I just can't take it anymore. I can't take the fact that they can do and say whatever they want, but other people can't do and say what they want without it. It's it's negative. It's bad. You're you're wrong. You're this and that. that really? <laughs> yeah. I don't okay. Know. I I was always taught there's two sides to a story. If you're not willing to listen to both sides, you're an idiot. I was taught that. I believe that. And that's how it is. It's not one person always saying, oh, no, you can't. It's my way, my way, my way. No, that's not how life works. Like I said, it is what it is, and there's nothing we can do about it. We can't control it. And I, like I said, I don't want to dwell on things. I don't either. I'm sorry. Like I said, I'm sorry I got up. But I, when we were talking earlier, I told you, I said, I, I apologize now. I said, because I'm saying something, I can't take it. 
like I said, you told me you said down. you do what you got to do. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you what what you can and cannot do. He says, you know, he, he said you're you're a forty some year old man. You make up your own mind. But so, I mean, all we can do is break it down real simple. And uh, like I said, I'll just put put the like the this cap on this, so to speak, and put the close to this. And that is real simple. A gentleman was taking a shot at me. I responded after three weeks of the badgering, three weeks of the bullshit. And on the third week, I had enough, and I spouted. Uh, I had every right to spout. I had every reason to attack him personally. I had every reason to go at him personally. I fucked up when I brought his wife into the equation, which I should not have done, and I apologize for that. Every time someone mentions it to me, I agree. You're right. I shouldn't have said it. I've said that from the door. That's the one part where that I fucked up. That's the part where I'm the bad guy, and that's the part where I'm the piece of shit. But I can step up and say, that happened, and step up and say, yeah, I did it. Because I'm a man, and I got balls to do it. That's where I'm a dick. Period. Any case, when the whole equation gets brought to me from our commissioner, Cameron Irvine, I broke down to him, why are you coming at me with such and such and such and such over such and such issues when others have been in the same boat and you've never done the same? Do you mean to tell me I've never gone to them? Yeah, I am. I'm saying that. Then when he wants to break down how he has and what he's done, he expresses how he helps said people. But you helped said people, but you weren't willing to help me. I get chewed up and down, so to speak, because I didn't do what they didn't do. But they get help, and I don't. So that was hitting me in the back of the head, like, what the fuck? This is bullshit. Uh, The statement of, I need to control my temper. temper. I need to not make comments about people in the chat. Hmm, that's the second thing you've now said to me, but have not said that he needs to do the same thing. That's it. I'm done. I'm going to tell you what I've been seeing for months. You show favoritism and you show bias. You give people a longer leash than others, and I don't think it's cool, and if you continue to do this, you're going to hurt and damage your league. And then that took us completely off the topic at hand, and it became a personal threat towards him that he did not like. The owners of the SFL, ladies and gentlemen, if you hear this and you're a member of the league, the owners of the SFL voted that I would receive nothing more than a warning. That's all they wanted me to have. If anything was a warning to people, Two wanted me gone, and those two people I will keep nameless because there's no point in mentioning it. Were because I'm. Like, you already went. You mean like you already? No, I don't want to beat. I don't want to beat the dead horse anymore. It is, but I'm just saying two people were against me, and people can fill in the blanks. These were two people who I was very outspoken against, for the most part. One very much less than the other, so the one's very easy to figure out when you know the whole story. So you have 14 owners in your league. I being one. And then you have the other 13 that take a vote. 11 to 2. Hmm. 11 to 2. And then Cam makes the statement, I will take the blame and put it on my shoulders. When we uh, as a community need to understand that he himself has stated any and all decisions will be made by his owners as a whole. When his owners did not give him the decision he so wanted, he then said, your $25 paid for that vote. Your $25 pay for you to be a part of said solution. But you know what? Thank you for your money. Your opinion don't matter here. And made the decision on his own. Again, a fact that cannot be denied. A fact that cannot be argued. It is fact and it's and 
I'll, so, I'll say this because several uh, owners have, re- have several owners have reached out and said yes. Cam did that on his own. Yes, and like I said, we have I'd have I think it's what two two guys owning teams in the IFL that own teams in the SFL, and I will go on record right here and say, and I won't say who. Six of his current owners have come to me and said they would have loved to have owned the team, but they didn't want to be involved in both leagues. And then only to find out four of them feared losing their SFL team. So I'm just going to leave that alone. Uh, but in any case, I get the band hammer. I get the band hammer. I'm gone. Uh, and then people step up and say, it's bullshit. He proved how you're biased. He proved how you get uh, this longer leash. He's gone. That's all right. You know, you did whatever you feel you need to do. I support your decision. But I'm going to compete in his league, too, as well as over here. You're gone. It happened. Fact. All you got to do is ask around. You'll find the guys that it happened to. Again, showing bias. Again, showing favoritism. Again, showing that he thinks he's God. And he has all the control and all the everything. You know, and like I said, I don't know how many people were banned that have paid for their team. Who, well, not paid for the team, paid for their player. And the advertisement that he made was X amount of money for a season. These players didn't get a season. They got X amount of weeks. Nowhere in his rule book does it state how you'll be banned, what you can be banned for, et cetera, et cetera. I know it's only $5, $6, $7, whatever the case may be. Those are lawsuits that could happen at a heartbeat against him. But nobody's doing it because they're not petty. It's just a few bucks, and they're letting him be the petty one. Now, I sound like a petty one because we're sitting here talking about it, but you know what? We're entitled to talk about it when things happen. But to get back to what I was saying, I get the band hammer. Other people get the band hammer. And then the statements are, I didn't prove this, I didn't prove that, when anybody who has any goddamn guts will speak up and say, yes, he did it. Now, that's one thing that's got me frustrated is there's many of people who won't speak up. It frustrates me, but I don't argue why they don't do it because it's not their problem. But it does frustrate me. And I, well, you know, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to agree it's not their problem, mm-hmm. but I'm going to say this. If you can tell us, in private chats, and you know who all you are, that you agree with us, it shouldn't have been done, shouldn't have been done, but you don't have the balls to stand up and say, and put Cam in his place and say, you're wrong here. What the hell? Like I said, it's not their problem, and I understand why they don't do it. I get it. And like I said, it does frustrate me that they don't do it. And what frustrates me even more is I've said it over and over and over again. How can anyone support him, not necessarily the product, support him. Oh, they realize what he I, really I'll, say this. I'll say this. Support the SFL. Support the product. Do not support him as an individual because he made it all about him because anytime he, he comes, oh, they attacked me. They attacked me. They attacked me. Okay. Really? I don't know. Like I said, I am, and here's the thing. Like I said, people right now, they can go and talk about this all they want on their forums. They can go talk about this all they want on their Slack when people hear this because I'm sure the information is going to be shared. There is not one thing that I've stated right here on this show that is a personal attack because in a personal attack is something you're doing without cause. A personal attack is something you do without proof and or evidence. 
We are simply stating things that have clearly occurred and have clearly happened. So if you find that to be a negative personal attack against yourself or your product, that's when you've got to take a step back and say, shit, it happened. And if I find that stuff to be negative that they're saying, I need to fix it. And like I said, if this would have happened to any of the other owners, and I've told the other owners this, if this would have happened, the entire situation would have happened with any of the other owners, and I voted for just a warning and nothing else, and he took their team, I'd have told him to fuck himself, and I'd have walked away as well. Because I'm not going to support a guy who's banning someone who doesn't deserve to be banned, and I'm not supporting a guy or his product if he's taking away my rights as an owner that I paid for. And that's my vote. I can't do it. Not one guy did that, and they're entitled to not doing it because it's their choice and they don't have to think like me. Does it frustrate me? Of course. That's why I say it. But I respect every last one of them who stay. I respect every last one of them who continue to ride in that league. I respect it all. I do. And I get frustrated that the ones who support me don't want to speak about it in public, and I get why they don't. You know, I get why they don't. I mean, I even had a guy come to me just recently and said to me, I want to join your – how do you know? I'm sorry. He said, I don't think I have enough time to be in your league and the SFL. Plus, I'm afraid that if I'm here, I'm going to be deemed a spy and my team's going to be taken away from me. I've also had a guy tell me, I want to join your league, but I've worked so hard to put myself in a position – to get an SFL franchise, that if I join you, I will be denied getting a franchise in the SFL next season. Okay, if that's how you feel, why are you going to stay there? Why would you want to remain in a league that you're afraid of? It's just something that baffles, baffles the hell of me. Like the guys have their reasons, and I respect their reasons. I just I'm like, what the hell? I'm, but, like, you know, I've talked about that, and I feel the same way. If that's their decisions, that's fine. I respect that. But at the same time, it baffles my mind that you would let one person dictate what you're doing in a hobby. Yeah. You know, and I mean, by me talking the way I'm talking and saying some of the things I'm saying and whatever, whatever, it almost sounds oh, like gonna... I'm trying to dictate what they do next. And I, and you know, and, and that's not what I'm trying to do. No. That's not what I'm trying to say. You know, like I said, it's going it's to be twisted. It will. I, I know how it works. They're going to twist all this stuff, and, you know, so it, look, so it makes them look good, and it happens. But the fact is this. We have said nothing but the truth. People can't handle the truth. People don't like truth. So this is how, what happens. And you and I have talked about that many times because of similar things that happened back in the day when we did EFEDs. I am a straight shooter. Doug is a straight shooter. I'm the type of guy that will tell you, if I don't like you, you're going to know it from the start. If I like you, I will bend over backwards to support you and do whatever you want. Well, I I'm that kind, Doug is the same way. But I will don't, say this. It, it's think, just, about it, uh, think about this. And this is something I've always said to everybody, and I don't think I've actually put this completely on the air, I and mean, I probably have. But to your point, I've never beat around the bush. I don't like to sugarcoat. I like to tell it how it is, and that's just the way That's right. And some people can't handle that in people, you know. And I know people in my personal life who keep distance from me because they can't handle that type of person. You know, I'll tell my own siblings that they're a piece of shit when they're a piece of shit because, frankly, they need to be told. And there's plenty of things I say and do, and it's like, you piece of shit. And I know it. And I'll say it, and I'll call myself out on it. But, 
here's the one thing I want to say about this whole thing. I never opened my mouth and snapped that day in the chat room if I wasn't being freaking verbally attacked on multiple occasions. We'll call it textually attacked because he was texting it and typing it up instead of verbally. He wasn't actually saying it. Yeah, I'm just trying to be funny here. Uh, but the point is, I don't talk if he doesn't talk. So I got bitched at for defending myself, and I put this in the com- great comparison. It's like being attacked on the street by a mugger who's trying to take your wallet and you turn around and punch him in the face to defend yourself, and the police arrest you, which has happened in real life. It's like being shot, and then you get up and smack him across the face for smacking, uh, shooting you, and you get arrested for violence, and they don't get nothing. It's the same equation that's happened. That, that's happened. It's the same thing. It basically went down. It's a great exaggeration to the situation, but it's still the same type of premise. You know, it's just the way it goes. So at the end of the day, like I said, I don't speak out if I'm not being attacked. And on and, and quite frankly, this was three weeks in a row, and it wasn't the first time that it occurred because it happened prior seasons. It happened at prior times. Okay? Now, well, well I'm going to throw this out there, too. Sorry to interrupt you. But he just wasn't attacking. It just wasn't you. He was saying shit about other people. Right. It was during the Queen City game that he said, oh, that Marcus wasn't shit. He was a piece of shit when he played in Cleveland. But now that he's in Queen City and he's this and that, now he's, he's this and that. You don't mm-hmm. fucking go on there and now, start saying shit like that. Right, now let me touch on that. Let me touch on that because I know how that's going to get twisted. He wasn't talking about Marcus the person. He was talking about Marcus the virtual player. Yet, yet, now I'm going to yell. When I did it to Ethan King, I got it attacked all saying I was attacking yep. Ethan King. You was talking when I to said person. Ethan King, the virtual player, needs to worry about learning how to cover people instead of being burnt toast. And the argument that was between Ethan King, uh, A.J. Barnes against uh, Mac Wavy when he played for Minneapolis, and I was still the running back there, and I got involved in the trash talk back and forth, and that was one of my shots back at uh, Ethan King. And I was told I was attacking the person, not the player. So if I was doing that, understand that's exactly what Demond Simeon was doing towards my son. Although I'll be told it was different. So I'm going to make sure people understand. And, and, and to your credit, to your credit, you never went nuts about it. I never said a thing, because my son's a grown man, and my son could have defended himself at that aspect in that point. I, he handled that. I stayed out of it. I, and honestly. I'll tell everybody now because we're on the. Re- I'm not gonna lie. I took more offense to it than Doug did. Yeah, I thought that did. was messed up. Oh, I was pissed. It didn't. I didn't sweat it for a second because, like I said, you know, you know, my my son has a problem that my son can say something about. My son can do whatever he feels he needs to do. But my son straight up said, "This is what this guy does." I've seen it. This is what this guy does. I've seen it, is what my son said to me, and it was like, "Yeah, I know. I see it all the time." He takes little tick shit shots at everybody. Remember, this is the same guy who got Alan drum banned. The same guy. I'm just saying. You know, let's put it just put it that way. It happened. But uh so he's he's now been rewarded with getting two people banned and not one time having any disciplinary action against himself when both times he started both situations. But you know, with the they're gonna yeah. with the Allen the Allen with the Allen thing. Yeah, we Alan both agreed. Allen went a little off the he went off the deep end. What? But he wouldn't have got to that point if somebody would have stepped in and said, hey, right. That's right. right. But that's what I'm saying. But to get to what I was saying, 
me being a straight shooter, me being straightforward, me being a good guy, this, that, and the other, toot, freaking toot. I am that guy, and as I was saying, I don't jump off if I'm not getting pushed, okay? I don't jump off if things aren't being said. And if my whole intention, which has been stated, was to hurt the league and damage the league, and I was this You've done it a long time ago. Okay? Here's my statement. If what I did was that bad, all I ask is, did a ban really need to happen, considering the flip side of everything? Okay, this is not to take anything away from Frank Gooden and his documentary that that helped the league. This is not to take anything away from Jermaine Smith, which we all love to call Destro, for him doing hexing. This doesn't take away from T.J. Johnston's ability to help promote the league when he does his little cash giveaways. These are people who are doing everything they can to help build this league and support this league, and there's other guys in there that we can talk about, but I wouldn't have to be here all day. At the end of the day, Stephen Molinex himself, who might be Cam's biggest supporter, stated to to everyone, I am the voice, which I don't know how I'm the voice. Cam's the voice. He's the one that calls the games. But it's all because of inside the SFL. I'm the voice. When he thinks of the SFL, if he's not thinking of Cam first, he'll think of me next. Okay? That's a huge compliment, and I thank Steve for that, and I still thank Steve for that. Now, take that out and understand this. Who in the SFL? Who? 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 Okay, I got no, we're not do- to say that. No, 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 no. Don't, don't do that. Don't, no. don't go there. Who, real simple, did what I did? Now let me explain what I've done. I came into a league that was very stagnant when I arrived. There was activity. There was guys involved. But I think, honestly, I could have counted them on both hands. Maybe needed a couple extra fingers. There were so few guys. This isn't counting owners. I'm talking players. And I said, this is cool. This is fun. This is good shit. This, this needs to grow. We need people over here. I'm going to do what I got to do. Before I left the SFL, well, before I got thrown out of the SFL, there was over 20 people in that league that I personally recruited. I am willing to challenge any other person who's been in the league to, to tell me they recruited that many more people than me. I think I've recruited more people for that league than anyone else. I have then said, you know what? This place needs something where these guys can talk because Facebook just ain't cutting it and not everybody uses Facebook. Hello, Pro Boards Forums. This isn't enough. We need more. Ed, you want to do a podcast every goddamn week? Hello, Hell yeah. NFL. Shows that would go on for three and a half days. You know, it was the classic case of we would sit down and the show would start Friday and when guys tuned in, they knew they better be sitting there till Sunday because it was crazy how long we'd be on the air. If I didn't care for his product, I didn't care for his league, I didn't care for what he was providing to all of us, I sure as hell would not have been taking hours out of my life to talk about a virtual hobby. But everything I brought to the table, everything I did for him, and I'm only mentioning a few things, I can go on and on, but these are the more important parts. After all of that, that alone didn't warrant me a warning, so to speak. And the thing is, the warning shouldn't even have been brought because the warning should have been taken to him for instigating the situation. But I'll accept a warning because, you know, we're trying to, you know, don't snap at anybody when they jump. You know, stay cool. Okay, a warning, granted. That alone doesn't warrant me just a warning. It wasn't, hey, you know what? Everything you've done for me and everything you've done for my league, outside of myself, you might be the biggest person who's helped my league grow, and I believe that I am. 
And like I said, that might be me toot my own horn, but I challenge somebody to bring me another name who's helped make that league grow more than I have outside of Cameron Irvine himself. But even that wasn't enough. To keep my team and to remain in the SFL in good graces and on a good uh, relationship with him, just because I had said to him, you're mad because I did such and such, but you never got mad at him for doing the same. That shows bias and a longer leash on him. He gets that mad about it. Why? Some people have stated he got offended when I was called the voice of the SFL from Steve, and he took jealously to it. I don't buy that, but I don't know if that's true. It, it almost seemed like he wanted me gone for one reason or another. And I've had conflict in that league with other people here and there. And every last time when it comes up, it's because I'm an honest, outspoken guy. And I'm not willing to bite my tongue when someone else is the asshole. But because I'm willing to respond, I'm the bad guy, which is always funny. I always find that funny that that's the type of society we live in anymore. The attacker is always the innocent one, and it's the one who responds to an attack is always the bad guy. I've seen it in that league, not with just myself, with other people. It's happened. Mm -hmm. Alan was a perfect example. But again, he went like a raging lunatic. But I never knocked him for it because he had every right to snap. Every right. Because of what he was put through. And it was uncalled for. Which is why I opened up my arms to him here. Give him that opportunity to enjoy this game again. But, you know, like I said, we can beat this thing till it's blue in the face. Mention these things over and over and over again until they're blue in the face. Which I don't want to do. I don't want to mention this league on our air ever again. Unless we're giving it a compliment. Because compliments are warranted, and and we deserve to give them to them. Uh, Let's put it it this way. We would not have the IFL or even thought of the IFL wasn't for the SFL. That's fact. Let's put it that way. You and I had discussed for years, wouldn't it be cool if we could do an E-Fed that's just like uh, football? We had no fucking clue where to begin. Thank you, SFL, for giving us the tools and the the idea. Because we wouldn't have it without it. That's right. You know, but like I said, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this one out there to all the owners in the SFL that kept the players' names and kept them in on your team after we were all banned and everything. Thank you. There's only one guy who thought it was right to change names. Only one guy, and I went to Ed. And Ed, you can confirm this, and people will be like, "Well, Ed just said it because you said it," and blah blah blah. But it doesn't matter. Before Cameron Irvine even gave the league the opportunity to change the names of players who left the league, I told Ed, now that I'm gone, they're going to change the name of my running back. Yep. And I said, this way, when he does whatever it is he's going to do at the end of the season, his name's going to be whatever in their record books. Because when this season comes to an end, when this season comes to an end, the Doug Bose virtual player will have set the record for the SFL's rushing title, and he's going to have to put my name in his record book, and he doesn't want to do that. He does not want to do that. So that's what's going to happen. His response to me was something along the lines of, do you really think he's that shallow? Uh, yes, I, I did. It wasn't a matter of being that shallow. I just don't think he wants my name to be in his record book. <laughs> uh, and it was like, okay. Now, my guy finished the season – was 1672 in rushing. Okay? 1672 
in rushing. My player has since been renamed Mike Tatum. Mike Tatum. Mike Tatum's two games since I've been gone have been nowhere near the level of when I was in control. Okay? But if you take Mike Tatum's 145 that he had and his 114 that he had, that's 1931. 1931, two games to go. I believe it's two games to go for that team. Which means he's clearly going to break the record that was told to me, and I could be inaccurate, that uh, Johnny English has of 1990. He was going to have to go on the record book. Uh, I believe Darnell Black has a touchdown record. I think that might be right and or wrong. My guy's already broke that record. Grandma will be here to pick you guys up. So instead of putting Mike Tatum in the record book, Mike Tatum got treated as a brand-new player. Just looks exactly like my guy. You don't want to go? Look exactly like my guy. Has my equipment, my number, everything else. To me, it was just a shallow a way a shallow way of being is really what that was. And it was pretty, pretty funny, but annoying at the same time. So, but consolation prize is thank you, Eric Barkley, because uh, Marcus Allen boasts is probably going to be that guy that gets the job done anyway, and it's still going to be a boast that's going to appear because he's at 1862, and they have, I think it's two games left. So there's a good shot that he's going to go over the numbers that are needed. So either way, it's like, what the hell? Really? You're going to change players' names now? But remember, real people, real players, real coaches, real football, but we change names in the middle of the season. That's not real. Saying. I know that was a weak argument, but just saying. It's just reality. Um, but allow me to make one shot here. I want to take one shot at one person just because I have to. And that's Andy Hamilton himself. He's the one who made the statement that we're out in full force, that we're this, we're that, and we're this, and we're that. And it's like, really, dude? That's where you want to go? You want to say we're this and we're that because of whatever reasons? Uh, Okay, I'll let you have that. But do understand, my friend, you're not as smart as you think you are. You're not as cool as you think you are. And all I have to say is 28 to 20, okay? All I have to say is 35 to 6. And all I have to say is 50 to 21, okay? 500 and 11 yards, okay, 511 yards, 420 yards since his departure, since his departure from the Carolina Skyhawks, they're 3-0. and 3-0 and without him. When anybody who's anybody knows that Andy Hamilton controlled that team and Shan Varner played second fiddle, when Shan Varner was the one who knew what the hell he was doing all along. Shan Varner is a hell of a guy, a hell of a coach. And unfortunately for me, my friendship with Shan has pretty much gone out the door and doesn't even exist anymore because he ignores me for the most part because he's afraid if he's still associated with me, he'll never get a team in the SFL, and that's bullshit. Because he deserves a team more than anyone else in that league right now that doesn't have one, in my opinion. And to all you owners who might hear this conversation and these comments, I mean, you vote for owners. If Jan Varner's name comes across, give that kid the vote. Or old man, because he is awfully gray. Uh, he deserves your vote. He deserves it, period. 
And I'll tell you this, if you think Andy Hamilton is a great coach and a great this and great that, good. I ask you this, go look at Carolina Skyhawk football last year and Carolina Sky football this year and compare the numbers and understand both seasons, Shan had the shit end of the stick on the field. I tried to say that in a southern voice. Uh, last season, their defense was pro – I'm sorry, their bill was pro defense, and he had control of it. This year, pro offense, and he had control of the offense. But when you look at Shan's uh, numbers compared to Andy's numbers on both sides, they're very comparable, and he did it with a much weaker build, which proves he knows what he's doing much more than Andy does. And Andy, we all know, is going to be the first guy to get a team, all because he calls a game. Snap back, snap back. If you're not sure what I'm talking about, pay attention to his calls. Uh, I thank you, Jason, for pointing that out to me. Because uh, I don't know how I missed it. <laughs> so maybe not everybody else has realized it. But, uh, yeah, that, that, and I'm going to put that out there right now. I think out of everything that's happened, that's the thing that bothers me the most. Shan Varner, who I talk to every day, has – not spoken to me in like three weeks and avoids my calls, avoids me getting in touch with him because he's afraid of getting a team in the SFL taken away from him, which almost tells me why do I bother because if you're getting a team in a fake football league is more important than a friendship, well then what kind of friend are you anyway? Throwing it out there. (laughs) Quiet. I think Ed's on mute. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I was okay. beating my face and starving. Oh, God. He didn't want to see slapping his lips together. But uh, He's eating yeah. my pizza. Just had pizza delivered. So. And like I said, I apologize again to everybody who's still listening to this and will listen to this because I know I got all this started. But I've reached my breaking point. And all the stuff that's been said had to be said because if it didn't, I was going to freaking lose it. And I needed this to not lose it. So thank you for letting me right. kind of, you know. And it's kind of good that you brought it up. It's kind of good that you brought it up because, like I said, for all those people who weren't quite sure if what I was saying was true or if what Cam was saying was true and weren't quite sure of what was what and what the realities were of things, the one thing you allowed to be brought up during this whole conversation is Cam has clearly stated he is not biased and does not show favoritism toward people. He's made that statement over and over again, doing this whole bullshit. But in this situation you brought up, he's proved it again by banning and not banning people for the same thing. And all I can hope for is by me making that statement that guys don't get mad and leave our league because of it. I'm just merely pointing out the facts. And all I can say, honestly, on the flip side of that is I hope the guys that know they didn't get banned for the same thing are willing to admit it. I really would. I hope they're willing to step up in the public eye and say, yeah, I'm here, I'm there, and I didn't get banned. And I do know so-and-so did for the same reasons. And that's fact. And the only way that fact can be quote-unquote proven, if you will, is by people admitting it. But like I said, all you got to do is look. Look around and see who got banned from the uh, SFL when they mentioned the IFL. Because it's plain as day. My son was one of them. Now, I know he probably got banned because he was my son, but it just so happened to be when he mentioned the IFL. Uh, And there's guys that are in the IFL that are in the SFL. Those are the people who didn't get banned when when you're honest with it. 
They didn't get the band hammer. Didn't happen. Where other people have. You know, and I'm glad the guys that didn't get the band hammer didn't. Because I think it's bullshit to those who did. And I don't want to see anybody get banned. And I hope he gets told what we're saying and realizes, shit, he's right. And he contacts these people he's banned and say, you know, my fault, my bad. The door's open. You want to come back. And I hope to see guys return. You know, I do. Because at the end of the day, uh, it's his product and he runs it. You know, that he's got such a group of people there that hurts them too. That they return so that everybody gets their community back. That's all I can say. And if you are in the SFL and you live or you're near me, I wish you the best of luck for getting to stay in the league. Because part of going to the boards was to have the IP tracker so you can locate where people are from. Cam knows where I'm from, and if someone's in his league and locates and he locates that and sees it, you may get banned out of fear that you're me. And I apologize for that now. Because that could happen. And there was quite a few guys that were in his league that were in this area. And yeah, we discussed that. We you, we were talking, and that's the first thing he says. Gosh, I hope that doesn't happen because you feel really bad just because they're in the same area. Right. Right. And I mean, fuck, I'm in the city that I'm in. I don't know if there's anyone else in that league that's from the same city I'm in, and I just don't know it. Okay. Right. And, and I'll say the same thing. I'll say the same thing here. I don't know if there's anybody. I I know none of my buddies. I mean, my buddies had talked about it, but I don't think any of them have. But if they do. Since they have the same area code I do, you know, I hope he doesn't freak out and go, oh, my God, there he is again. I'm afraid of that happening to guys, and that's going to be terrible if it does. And we've said from the, through all this, we apologize to anybody that got the hammer because of everything that happened. It was... Not your intention to get hammered, to get people hammered, you know, banned. It wasn't my intention to stick up for you and do this and that and get other people banned. I just, you know, I guess it is what it is, but that's a, that's kind of shitty. That That is pretty shitty to, you know, not give people the opportunity to stand up for what they believe in or talk about what they believe in because it's not what you believe in and say, nope, see ya, gone. Nope, you're gone. Gone. No. Yeah. Really? Horrible thing. Horrible thing. And, on, and the only thing that bothers me most about that is a lot of those people like you paid for that. And yet he still said, see ya. Really? These yeah. people are paying saying? their money. Right. People paid money for a season. I'll say that again. Paid money for a season. One thing that we've done nothing but prove right here, if anything, was I've yet again proved how he's biased towards people. Because he is. I mean, like I said, there's guys that are in the league who got banned. Castro Patron got banned for supporting me and joining the IFL. He's one guy I'll say right away. He got banned for joining the IFL. Now, Cam will say it's for other reasons. He got banned for joining the IFL. Because he'll try to cover his ass. He's one guy I will throw out that I know got banned. And, you know, he also was willing to open his mouth, too. And he took some shots. But guys are entitled to take their shots when they're pissed off about something. But this is a guy who joined. Uh, I don't know who all got banned who paid for their players. I don't know who all got banned who had someone else pay for the players. 
I don't know who ended up getting to be in the league for free because they did something to help the league. Either way, for players who had their fee paid for, whether it be by themselves or someone else, they paid for a season. And none of them, except for Thomas W. Goodhart, deserved to get banned for his mouth. Yeah. Like I said, I, I now as soon as he posted that, I hit you up and I said, uh, if he doesn't get banned, I'll be surprised, right. but I think he should. Right. So here's what I'm saying. Here's the things I, we, we've proven. We've proven that he's biased yet again. And we also proved that he's a thief because he has stolen these people's money. Because, like I said, if you have it in your bylaws, what can and can't get you banned, and then you ban people for those reasons, well, now you got your ass covered. But nowhere in there does it say, join the SFL, and when I ban someone, if you're outspoken against it, you're gone. Nowhere in the SFL does it say, if another league comes along and you join it, you are banned. He's banned people for no reason other than out of anger and fear because they didn't support him. And in a situation where he was clearly at fault and the wrong. And guys have gotten banned. So he's, in a sense, stolen their money. So, again, it takes me. You still have people who are willing to support his league and him, despite the fact that he's fake, he's shady, he's biased, and a thief. And I'm willing to call him all that live on the air if that's what i got to do. I'm willing to have a conversation one-on-one with him as a man and not take no bullshit shots at him and give him the opportunity to come on my show and say, you know what, you clearly proved what you argued about. I can't deny it because, oh, my God, it's so frustrating that he denies it. It's plain as day as the nose in your face. Give him the opportunity to admit why he denies the truth and then explain himself as to why this would be, of course, he has to get through stage one where he has to admit that it's true, that he did it. When others didn't, he has to admit that, even though everybody knows it. And then explain to me and the world why it was justified, the banning, without being a dick, without being a jerk, without being rude. And give us a true, honest-to-God reason. You know, and, and that's just it. And then explain how, okay, if that's your thoughts and reasons, whatever they may be, why is it that everything I've brought to the table for you and your league wasn't enough to give me a warning or a suspension or you're still welcomed in the league, but we don't want you to be an owner because of blah, blah, blah. Whatever the reasons may be where I'm still involved. What's your reasoning for that? I'm challenging him to come on the air and express that and explain it. I know he won't take the challenge, and if he does, he's going to want to turn it into all kinds of other shit. But I'm willing to give him the platform and to go one-on-one with me where I'll call him out on everything, call him out on all the things that I can show him and prove to him and show (laughs) shit and see what he has to say. There's one big thing I'd like to call him out on. But with respect to the people that are, that are involved with that, I'm not going to say nothing. I just, you know it's bullshit. I know it's bullshit. So. What's that? Well, I won't get into it because if I get into it, then, it's, you know, but. You mean how guys don't want to join because they're afraid of being banned? Oh, no, no, no. This is something else that he, that he, he did. I'm confused. Um. How do I say this without giving too much information? Uh, a certain person that is now involved in our league, uh-huh. his significant other can't stand him because of this. Oh, yeah. 
But uh, you know, like I said, I'm not going to go there because of respect for those for them and and their, you know. And, but you know, if he hears this, he's going to know exactly what I'm talking about. And yeah, she. I'll say this: that lady still hates your guts. <laughs> so. Oh God. But uh. Yeah, and like I said, it, it's it's all been frustrating for me and depressing for me because, like I said, when that thing hole went down, I even called you immediately and said, "Well, he's gonna ban me." Yep, and, and like, I'm like, "What? What?" Like, wow, I, at hey. first, I wasn't even sure what the hell was going on. You had to tell me what was what was going on. And what was my exact words? Do you remember why I said I was gonna get banned? <sighs> I don't remember exactly. I was just, I, I, I was I was here's in shock because you. you said you were getting banned. Well, here's what I said to you. Tell me if I'm wrong. I said to you distinctly, I said, even though I didn't start the bullshit, even though I didn't, wasn't at fault in the bullshit, I attacked Amon for his crap, called him out for his crap, and then, of course, Cam wanted to talk to me about it. And then when I threw Cam all the information as to why, he tries to justify it and then turn it into why I was questioning uh, my team's inability to catch the football. That means I'm challenging a uh, possible error with the accident. And I said, well, it's ironic that you said that to me because DeMond Simeon himself has done that now back-to-back seasons. Although in the mm-hmm. time of the conversation, I had only brought up the season before because I forgot the prior season when he didn't like Darnell Black the way he was running. Um, now, that being said and that being stated, I gave you all the information that was mentioned, which I've said before, and then that's when I said to you, I said, I told Cam at that point, I said, see, there you go. You prove what I've always said. You are biased and have a longer leash for certain people over others because here is the yep. same circumstance with more than one person, and one person's getting one treatment and one person's getting another treatment. And if you were going to look at this league as professional as you like to preach and treat everybody on an equal playing field, you need to address us equally. But you're clearly not so he got a much longer leash than me, and you're showing favoritism, which is something you've done on multiple aspects with multiple people. And, been here. and, and I believe out. that's when you told me, because you guys were actually talking on a phone, and that's when it said, click. And then that's when I said Because he to got you, pissed off. Right, and then that's when I said to you, I said, I'm going to be banned because I've challenged him, and I've called him out on a personal level, and he does not like confrontation. Mm-hmm. That's what he always says. He doesn't like confrontation, but when you really listen to him and watch how he talks, he loves it. He mm-hmm. thrives on it because it gets him off when he can just pull the band hammer and get rid of somebody because that's his way of being the tough guy. You know, Cody Ewing, he doesn't mind if I throw his name out here in the public. Cody has said it actually in the public too. He said, Cam is the little nerd in school that always got bullied and beat up because he was a freaking moron and a nerd and a geek. I don't know how true or accurate that is, and it doesn't really matter. But this was his take on it. And now he's created this league, and nobody can pick on him and bully him. He can do it. So when he gets the opportunity to be the tough guy, he takes it. And it was just like, and, 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 an and, I'll, and I'll say it again. I'll, I'll repeat it until I'm blue in the face. And you people have heard me say it, and I'll continue to say it. I believe without a shadow of a doubt there's bias, there's favoritism. But I also believe without a shadow of a doubt that he doesn't know he does it. I think it's just it's just natural for him to do what he's doing, and to him it's just natural. It's not – for some reason it does not click in in his brain that this is not how it's supposed to be. To him, this is a natural thing. 
Right, and that's why I said and I, and I, said and I, I believe, and I believe that. I've said it on the air too that if I was in his shoes, and this was something that happened, say, with you and someone else, and you were in my shoes, I would have probably been favoring towards you more than the next guy because we have the bond. Mm-hmm. And then I said to you on that note, Cam's bond with the man is even that much more deeper because they've literally hung out. Yep. And the fact of the matter is, we all do this. We all do this. You are going to have a closer connection with the person you know on a personal level. He already knows me through the SFL and knows me through Slack talking and Facebook talking. Uh, and before you, before you, before you keep, before you continue there. Uh huh. You don't have to go get the girls anytime soon, do you? I have to leave in about five minutes, ten minutes. Okay, just just checking. So I want you to be I, late. I'm monitoring the time. But uh, okay. You know, he, you know, and like I said, that's how he knows me. That's how he knows Demond. But his and Demond's, you know, relationship went to the next level. Demond's been to the man's home. They've hung right. out. I believe they've been to IHOP and shit together. You know, you know. I mean, they're always joking about waffles, and I know IHOP was mentioned. So the point is, they have a deeper bond. So for him to have a natural connection to what Demond's saying, Can you bring him in here. I get it. Yeah. I understand it. And it's like, okay, that makes sense. I understand. I get it. But when it's pointed out to you, but when it's pointed out to you, you got to be a man and step back and say, oh shit, my bad. I'm my bad. My bad. You're right. You're right. I need to not do that. And he does not know how to separate being what he likes to call professional from personal. He can't do it. He doesn't know how to do it. And that's whatever. Now you said everybody's human. We all make mistakes. And I've thrown that out there, and since you brought it up, I've thrown that out there numerous times, giving him the opportunity to step up and say, yeah, that's pretty much what happened, and you're right, my bad, let's fix it. Never happened. And I know it's never going to happen. But that's why I'm giving him the opportunity and the platform to present his case to me as to why why a justification was made to say, you know what, I know you paid for this, and I know you paid for that, but screw you, thank you for your money, I'm taking your team. Oh, and now I'm getting rid of you as well over something that no one else has even been warned for that's done the same. Just saying. The only difference, the only difference is I said to him, he personally shows favorites and is biased towards people and has a longer leash for others. That's why I got banned, because he took that as a personal attack. The whole issue that was discussed, and this is the thing nobody wants to realize, the whole thing that got discussed in that private owner chat all revolved around my comments during the game, my comments towards Demond's wife, which were inexcusable, and that situation of questioning the editor as well. But the true heart of the matter was my personal comment towards him. That never got discussed. Plus, I wasn't included to bring my opinions, my thoughts, my rebuttals. It was a witch hunt to get me gone, and he still failed to get the votes. And it angered him, and he banned me. Well, we, we had how many owners reach out and say, why weren't you in there, why weren't you talking? And when you said, I wasn't invited, that's when they were like, what? Yeah, a couple of them didn't even realize I wasn't in there. Right. But it's whatever. Like I said, it's whatever. Like I said, it was a witch hunt, brother. Like I said, I know me. I know me, and I know how I am, and I know the respect I have for people. I don't support an asshole. I don't support a fake dude. 
I don't support that kind of person. Now, like I said, a lot of people have the, it's your problem, not mine. I'm not getting involved, and I respect it. But to me, I'm not supporting a guy who does it. And like I said, I didn't want to bring any of this up on the air. Because all it's going to do is bring negativity towards us. It's going to bring drama towards us. It's going to bring heat towards us. And at the end of the day, it could hurt us. It could end up killing this league before it gets started. Because people are like, oh, they're never going to get over this. So our whole whole thing we've been building could have just died with this last hour of yelling and, and arguing and whatever. I don't know. Uh, but to touch on what I said on uh, the window I was going to share with all the owners getting the, the vote, it is currently 4-1 to one in favor of doing the draft into two days. Uh, well, not 4-1 to one because the one vote's me, so guys had the emoji to click. Uh, Chris Davis, Ramos Lynn, and Alan Drum all clicked for the uh, two-day breakdown. So three of our owners have voted, so it's three to nothing is the legit vote. I forgot I had to click the two emojis to get them up. So we have five more owners that need to vote. I'm sure they'll get their votes in, considering probably everybody's at work yet. Uh, before I go to work tonight, I leave my house at 9.30 Eastern. I will make the announcement unless the vote gets to five. At that point, there's no way of bringing the vote back because now it's already over halfway. So I think you understand what I'm saying there. So the majority will have already spoken, and then we'll know what the vote is. So, But uh, to get us back to IFL talk, draft will be Sunday, unless the vote, which it looks like now, will be Friday at 8 o'clock Eastern and again on Sunday. So we'll do rounds, what, one through three on Friday, four, five, six, and seven on Sunday. So it don't take as long. And then Saturday afternoon, I don't know, like you said, if you'll be available or not. Available or not, I'll get on the air. Maybe Chris can join me and be the co-host if he can't. I'm sure Alan would be willing to if he's not out, uh, if he can get out of bed. Uh, <laughs> the other day, that crazy lunatic didn't get out of bed till almost four o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, <laughs> I wish I could do that, but I do that sometimes when I work all night. Uh, but either way, we can uh, get the things taken care of and squared away and organized, and we'll be ready to go. But uh, we'll know what we're doing as far as the draft goes. And guys, if you can get anybody to join, deadline for applications is tonight. At 11.59 Eastern Standard Time, and all changes to your builds, if you want to make them, are due tonight. That means abilities or heights and weights. So some of you guys who might have heard the show and said, oh, they're kind of down on my guy's size, whether it be too big or too small, now's the time to change it and prove your draft status. Get it in. Let's get it taken care of. If you want to get drafted by a certain team, reach out to the owners. If you're not sure how to find them, message me. I'll send you in the right direction. But, uh. Yeah, it's about that time to wrap it up so I can go get the and I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this one more time. I do apologize for getting the tangent going, you know, getting off topic, but I couldn't take it anymore. And if anybody wants to be pissed at the league, don't don't be pissed at me. Be pissed at me. I got big shoulders. I don't care if you're pissed at me or not. Don't bother me. You want to be mad at me, that's fine. But the, the, the thing is this. They take shots left and right, and people know they do it and don't say nothing. But as soon as we do something, it's going to be turned against us, and we're going to be looked like the bad guys. If you want to be mad, be mad at me. Don't be staying yet. Stay in the IFL because you wanted to be here. You want to have fun. Don't leave just because I got something started. So that's all I got to say. All right. Well, for Chris Davis and uh, Ed and all those who tuned into the chat, appreciate the time. If you listen to the playback, appreciate the time. Hopefully, everybody listens to this all the way through. Uh, you know. 
we're getting, we're, we're we're there. As I said, the draft will be Sunday. Or it'll be Friday and Sunday. Decision will be made tonight, or as soon as the voting gets to wherever it needs to do. Once that vote, like I said, it's going to show one one. If that vote shows a six, then it's already majority of spoken. We're already at five out of eight, and that'll be the vote. It'll be the draft will happen Friday and Sunday. So for everybody, this was uh, another inside the IFL. We appreciate your time, and until. Next time, later. Later. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.